Welcome back, folks. This is Hot Button. I'm Randall Beatrice, here with Austin Blakesley. Yo. Matthew Nudaboom. Hello. Kristen Linderman. Hi. And Dave Salidi. Hello. Nice to have you all in uh, together in the same recording for a change. It's good to be here. Yeah. Spooky yeah. season. I'm always here. <laughs> <laughs> that and the podcast this week comes with 200% more cat as we are in a new location taking our show on the road to your humble abode. Kat. I promise nothing about the you know, state of your wires after this <laughs> okay. because they uh, are prone to chew. We'll back it in. But thanks I for saw a little bit more character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw him sniffing around already. Yep. Like they're oh, thinking yeah. about it. Spike, Spike was looking like he wanted to lick that one mic stand. So Uh-oh. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're in the midst of spooky season now. So how about we get into another gaming related campfire tale? Uh, this one definitely a bit on the roads less traveled side as the topic as well as its fucked up legacy aren't often discussed in the usual places you'd look when exploring the industry's darkest stories. Um, we recently did an episode that covered a series of incidents when our beloved medium accidentally or purposely, depending on the case, shared connections to actual real world death. Uh, it was indeed a heavier subject. However, I saved the most sinister for last because today I want to recount the disturbing history of not just the piece itself, but the mind behind it. Uh, this warranted its own full investigation. Um, all right. So prior to this month, how many of you have ever heard of drowned God? Nada. Never. (laughs) And don't feel bad. Uh, This was the answer I was expecting. Few have. Uh, Likely due to it being a first-person sci-fi PC adventure title released in 1996, um, it was developed by Epic Multimedia Group Limited, uh, a team whose only four credits include this and three previous uh, Philips CDI games. They went on to make Fortnite, though. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. How could I forget? Um, It was uh, published by Inkscape, an eccentric company that focused on distributing the unusual. Uh, we'll dig more into both of them later. Um, so yeah, Drowned God, uh, or well, technically Drowned God colon Conspiracy of the Ages. Uh, I got to admit, it's a provocative name. It invokes uh, yeah. terror. Why, <laughs> or at why least deeper have themes. a subtitle in your, like the first game in your series? Hey, I ask myself that when companies do that now. It's... <laughs> um, So uh, I'm going to read this plot summary directly from its Wikipedia page. Quote, uh, propounding the theory that all of human history is a lie and that the human race's uh, development and evolution were aided by extraterrestrials. Yes, it's one of those. That's the level of absurdity we're kicking it off with. Yeah, Is that it? (laughs) That's not a plot. Well, no, I said summary. Oh, okay. <laughs> tell, you know, tell the History Channel, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like fair. ancient aliens. Yeah. And, hey, and the entirety of human history has been alive. But don't worry, this one game dev fucking got it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we've uh, we've been exposed to it before. Uh, not to get uh, bogged down in those weeds this soon, though. Uh, we can't really dissect the product itself without chronicling the writer responsible for its inception and eventual creation. Uh, well, writer and director, um, Harry Horse. Or what I call him, the definition of what happens when a tortured soul or slash deranged artist goes mad. Wow, he was named after heroin twice. Allegedly, Harry, allegedly. Yeah. Is that? Harry, oh my god, I think Harry I Horse. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That was his God-given name. Like that was that's his. Act. No, so oh, okay. He was uh, born in May 1960 as Richard Horn um, in the English country of Coventry. Yeah, um, yeah yes. Coventry. Yeah. Coventry. Okay. Coventry. Uh, Harry Horse was the alias he would later use on his work. Um, there mm. are smatterings of info on his upbringing. Uh, he's the first of four children, the lone brother and a group of sisters. Uh, the family lived on a financially successful farm property, uh, owned a fishing boat and a Bentley. Every December, they'd throw wow. massive Christmas parties. That's a good farm. Yeah. <laughs> are Bentleys cheaper over there? 
Aren't they made? No. In, no. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're more expensive here. So technically, yes, but they're also all built by hand. Technically correct is the only correct as far as I'm concerned, so that's fine. The best kind of correct. (laughs) He he loved animals in the outdoors, uh, was creatively skilled. Uh, He enjoyed westerns, frequently dressing as a cowboy, and would sign the church ledger as Clint Eastwood or Bugs Bunny. Never Richard. Um, (laughs) He dug music, uh, most prominently Bob Dylan. Um, As a teenager, he was employed at a law firm, a gig he did not vibe with. Um, otherwise he was described as charismatic and mischievous, uh, making his friends laugh by mocking American accents. <laughs> Funny. Oh, so basically we now have carte blanche to just do British whenever we yeah. want. Yeah. Right? Perfect. <laughs> hey guys, listen, do you have any non-dairy creamer? Oh, that's a great. <laughs> that's an easy <laughs> my credit card. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and also, uh, committing prank phone calls. Classic. Yeah. Um, Very British. <laughs> also, I just realized he changed his name to Harry Horse because his name was Dickhorn. Wow, he's Richard Horn. <laughs> his name was Dickhorn. I can't believe straight it. to another. I can't believe yeah. how much I've read that and written that name yeah. It, yeah. like in the last like two or three weeks, and I never drew either of those I guess connections. You're, you're not a child, Randy. I guess like <laughs> yeah. I, you're not yeah. a child like the rest of us. Yeah. Bra- our brains in the gutter. Yeah. <laughs> at uh, at age eighteen, he moved to an apartment in Edinburgh. Um, he spent his afternoons there sneaking into college art classes while dressing as a local student. <laughs> That's nice. How old? Wait, how do you dress? 18. As a, okay. How do you dress as a look? Did he like you have a disguise? Yeah, I, or? It was in Scotland, so kill, bagpipes, you know, Hag- haggis. Yeah, yeah. Bag, bag full of, he, I assume it comes in a bag. Bag yeah. full of haggis. 19-year-olds will never suspect me, an 18-year-old, of not being a college student. <laughs> yeah, he did the uh, the three kids in a trench coat trick. Yeah, except they were like 18 feet tall. You, to, you know, you, you go to your, um, your um, like your school's like uh, bookstore or whatever, and you buy a bunch of their jerseys and whatnot, and then you just walk around. Nobody would suspect you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I don't think anybody, if you someone like, I, I, I confess, I'm not actually a student here. I'm fairly sure they would just look at me like, who the fuck cares? Like, yeah. it's, just yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, are you paying tuition? No, then you won't get a degree. Go away. <laughs> it's like, you can do whatever you Information want. Information is or just, free. Yeah, sit here. If you're going to be quiet, just sit here. Who yeah, cares? Just, yeah, yeah, if you're going to be quiet. No, that was the way uh, at Stevens, uh, because it was like a very, the campus was almost like a, a park that people forgot that it was actually a private institution. <laughs> and so when they had to close it down, sometimes people would complain to the city that like, hey, I can't, like, they're they're blocking off Stevens for some reason. It's like, they're like, yeah, it's it's, it's a college. They can do that if they want. See, now you can just go on, on YouTube and, and there's like entire courses that are like. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Prager U, my favorite. <laughs> uh, oh, no. no, not that no. one. <laughs> uh, he also had to do whatever he could to save money because uh, he soon became strapped for cash. At one point, he even sold his fridge and stove, but not his record collection. Yeah. Priorities. Uh, though, the, he did this rather than ask his parents, Derek and uh, Josephine, for help. Uh, any dollars he did manage to accumulate went into art supplies over living Please. supplies. Please, pounds. Um, Pounds. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> also, so far I mean, Now that's funk. I mean, other than the wealthy you know, Well, I was gonna say is like so far has he just been kind of eccentric and mischievous? Has he done anything? Yeah, just independent. No, yeah. he, nothing uh, nefarious yet. Okay, nothing nefarious. I like him so far. Yeah. I probably won't later. Uh that it's up and down. There we'll we'll get there. But uh-huh. uh some some uh yeah. Uh so this was also where he adopted the aforementioned pen name uh, to reinvent himself and quickly uh, became a respected author, illustrator, political cartoonist, and musician. Um, by 1983, his first book saw its debut, uh, Ogopopo, My Journey with the Loch Ness Monster, um, combining what? the two lake monsters Bless from you. folklore. <laughs> this already would declare his fascination with the paranormal and supernatural. I'm sorry. I totally get it. You yep. said two. Ogopopo is a cryptid? 
yes, Ogopopo and Loch Ness Monster are two different. I've uh, never heard of yeah. Ogopopo. So, <laughs> obviously, yeah, I know what that is, but for our listeners, can you fill us in? <laughs> I think it's I think it's Canadian. I'm gonna Google I think it's it. an, I think it's another it's another serpent. Oh, so um, it's a bit it's very nice though. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how benevolent. Uh, it's, mm. But I just assume it's in Canada. You know, yeah, just to settle down somewhere nice. <laughs> it uh, it sold decently. Um, plus, he was awarded the Scottish Arts Council Writer of the Year uh, commendation for Ogopopo. Ogopopo. I looked it Ogopopo. up. Sorry, that, that's fun to say. Yeah, it looks like the Loch Ness monster. Well, it, it's more snake like than the Loch Ness. Where's monster. Where's it based? Where is it? Also? Can- Canada. Hey, oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And uh, supposedly he scored the print run for it by phoning the publisher and posing as an agent to recommend himself as a client, scoring an interview. Uh, wow. Praise you could just do that? <laughs> Not that this was the single instance of him role-playing to achieve his goals. He'd assume the identity of dealers, journalists, business associates. The list goes on. Um, yeah, fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah. Back, back in the day when all you needed was a couple of phone numbers, you could be all of your own references. It's fine. It's true. No going to have to cross-check anything. No. <laughs> Uh, he then wrote the last dot 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 uh, quote unquote series of novels, uh, a humorous collection starring a fictionalized version of his adorable dog Rue. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I used to do that as a kid. I used to put my doggies in my doodles and stories. Um, but this proposed the concept of recounting the lives of a final group of animals pre-extinction. Um, Philippa Milner Smith, uh, which might be the publisher he fooled, said he had exceptional talent. Okay. Um, it's and it was it's cute. I've seen some of like the you know the the drawings from, but it, a lot of his early stuff is like kids' work. But um, uh, his his entry on polar oh, it bears doesn't stay there. Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> based on what we watched of that game, yeah. Uh, this um this already sounds like the like the setup to like a like a high concept TV show. Someone someone who is very eccentric but highly competent doing mm-hmm. something and it's just like the the setup to any high concept like you know prime time and kind TV of a cool show. guy so, far. Yeah. so yeah. far i'm like i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and it's just like i it's anyway. a while and you'll yeah. see why yeah. too yeah. but uh so uh his entry on polar bears was even adapted into um a 30 minute animated short and featured the voice of nigel hawthorne um it was broadcasted on citv uh, a children's early morning programming block and later a touring theater production in Scotland, I think in the 2000s. Uh, it also was expanded upon and won a Nestle Smarties book prize. What? <laughs> Needlessly branded prizes are my favorite. Yeah. Of course, the Smarties, why not? Wait, Nestle, oh, oh, okay, not like, t- it was just Nestle's. It wasn't like Nestle partnered with Smarties, never mind. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nestle makes Smarties. Yeah. In, in Europe, there's a candy that... Is like M and M's. It's chocolate coated in candy coating called Smarties. They're not American. Oh, I was thinking of the, no, not, yeah. not, not the delicious chalk treat. Yeah, not the <laughs> sugary chalky thing. Those are American Smarties. European Smarties are just M and M's under a different name, made by mm. Nestle. Oh, yeah. I learned something new. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in uh, uh, then in two thousand or sorry, in 03, uh the books were given another Scottish Arts Council award. So he's he's raking them in. Um, in 87, he'd shift into the political cartoon stuff, um, contributing for such newspapers as Scotland on Sunday and the Scotsman. Um, <laughs> and I was just picturing <laughs> Willie from the Simpsons. Wait, is, uh, oh, was that the, uh, was that the outlet that you were looking at before the Scotsman? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You saw it on my computer and you're like, what, I was, are, you, what I are you doing? I was just <laughs> like, yeah. I'll explain later. I was like, is this like competing with the New Yorker or something like that? The Scotsman? <laughs> the Federalists? Yeah. Oh boy. Just, yeah. <laughs> It's just the New Yorker super pretentious, but it's written in Scottish English. <laughs> <laughs> just printed on plaid paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I can't speak on his views, although he is publicly on record as growing uh, increasingly upset at the handling of the war in Iraq, uh, along with the tensions regarding global warming. So he'd likely, you know, be on be on our side. Oh, I'm this, yeah, Left of center, right. probably. Uh, yeah, like Matt, Matt's been saying so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can tell you the tunes were positively received for their uh, non-traditional nature. Uh, his drawings being called colorful, intense, meticulous, darkly comedic, satirical, and angry. Um, hmm. <laughs> he, he eventually left that job in 1992, except he did continue to draw, uh, regularly partnering with The Guardian, The Sunday Herald, The Observer, The Independent, and The New Yorker. Oh, until hey. his, um, you know, well, <laughs> yeah, wow. well, we'll get, uh, so whole color scheme. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't tackle that yet. Cause it's time for video games or, or wait, Ooh. no, no, wait. Oh. it's, oh. I meant, uh, psychobilly bluegrass music. Okay. Oh. All right. it's, okay. it's easy to confuse. The two. <laughs> <laughs> I understand why you messed up specifically the band swamp trash. Uh, for which he Incredible. was <laughs> for which he was the singer, um, the lead singer, banjoer, and frontman of that rules. Yeah, I, I, like I listened to a, a couple tracks. It's not particularly my jam, but I can respect it. So uh, here's a here's a sample for you guys. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm into it. <laughs> They're really hanging on that. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, I like yeah, it. That's, yeah. sw- that's Swamp Trash. Uh, they're, yeah. they're like dead uh, dropkick Murphys-esque. I don't know. Yeah. Think, yeah. They do have a Ring of Fire cover that ain't too shabby. Hmm. Um, I can totally see that based on what you just played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Hold on. Let's see, if I can, let's see if I can get that one for you guys as well. Is it better than the uh, Bad Religion Ring of Fire? Wait, do you mean the like social distortion? Social ring distortion, of fire? yeah. I don't think that's terrible. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I love the social <laughs> distortion ring of fire cover. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, uh... I'm waiting for us to get to the end of the story, and you're just like, that guy, by the way, super chill. Still making music, still yep. writing. <laughs> He's nice just been fucking with us yeah. this whole lead up. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, happy Halloween. Interesting way to take. <laughs> interesting interpretation. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm stick. glad that they're able to express their own version of it. Yeah, stick, I, stick with the original. But yeah, I was gonna say no. The originals, I should say. No one was asking for Ring of Fire 2.0. It was already a good, good song. No yeah. DMC on that clip. No DMCA. Um, yeah. That was that was less of a cover and more of a. We talked over it as transformative now. Fair use. Yeah, it was yeah. more like a like yeah, it was reinterpretation of just the <laughs> lyrics. And it's like yeah, I like the first song better. Uh, so they released an album and an EP. Uh, it makes no never mind and uh, and bone. That was the first song I had. Um, oh, it's also said that they were quote crucial to the development of the experimental Scottish acoustic scene. There was one other band. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, of course, my yeah. favorites wouldn't have been <laughs> ever made. Yeah. <laughs> it's so specific. Well, how, how do you make acoustic experimental? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Seven string guitars. It, you just oh, play wow. like you just like play your, your ukulele with like weird shit. Like, I don't know, like a, a 
stalk a celery or something instead of an actual bow. <laughs> I don't know. Like, boom. It was, it was Lee. It was Lee. Them and abandoned Aberdeen. That was it. That was, <laughs> that was the entire scene. Um, the group did split in 1990 and reformed without Horse as Shugal Nifty. Now, <laughs> wow. Did you build like a playlist? Out of this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is, um, and this is what they sound like. It's like someone put a banjo over '90s, like. Oh. oh no. Now it's Floggy Molly. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. They really don't know how to end a like like that would have been a cool break for maybe two, man. Yeah. They, they got into a serious thing and they forgot how it ended. Yeah. I, I agree with your assessment. I'm like, yeah. I actually think it sounds pretty fun, but they don't know how to end it end like the oh, break. By the yeah. way, all of these tracks uh, that I pulled up are like seven minutes long. I mean, yeah, you're gonna keep that energy. They're meant going. to be played in a pub and you're, yeah, you're like that's drunk true. And that's dancing true. That's true. and you're not paying. That I know. I think they, when Harry left, they lost the edge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Shugal Nifty is still at it. Today, Hell yeah. So. Good, Good for, for them. them. Congrats. 30 years of Shugal Nifty. <laughs> Shugal Nifty, if you're listening, it's still, keep on, it's keep on rocking. Good, yeah, right? good, good job. I'm all, okay. I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah, I, like I am it. too. Yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> the best thing for the ex-vocalist to come out of that venture, though, was that it was during this era in 89 that he would meet a fan, later his partner, and then wife, Amanda Williamson, a fish packer and auxiliary nurse. What's that? An auxiliary. Is that uh, like a nurse? Is that is like a nurse a, practitioner or something? And probably yeah, yeah. overseas. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't think it's a thing here. I could be wrong. But um, they married in 1991. Uh, according to those close to him, he was absolutely enamored with her, uh, becoming the center of his life um, and finding love. Great. Uh, however, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. Uh-oh. Here we go. Um, here we go. Horace was also prone to sudden bursts of rage. Mm. Um, this recounted by his uh, co-workers and bandmates alike, uh, with them recalling violent tirades that seemingly occur completely at random, uh, this polarity pushing many away. So you're saying he was a chill dude until he met his wife? <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not, not, I'm not implying that. <laughs> I'm just and saying it, it's yeah, like... Kind it's, of, it kind of does I'm, sound I'm, like he implied that, well, huh? In fact, so and to, to comment on that... Um, a bulk of his rants tended to be directed at art dealers who he publicly exclaimed were, quote, the parasites of the art world, profit, margin obsessed, greedy individuals with no true understanding of art. Okay, he's you want not, me back? And sure, yeah, no, I mean, those types were out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just took it to an extreme degree with the unpredictable behavior. But Amanda's presence kept him in control, um, with her stillness being described as a counter to his uh, volatility. You know what? I'll say it this way. Maybe she was a chill chick until he, she met him. There you but go. There, I'll, I'll do it both very ways. Very egalitarian. Yeah. And Thank I appreciate you. that, Matt. I didn't want to imply it was only one way. <laughs> it seems like it sounds to me like they didn't bring out the best in each other. <laughs> An auxiliary nurse is a nurse's assistant. That makes oh. sense. So it's somebody who's not they're, registered. They're working their they're not, way up. They're not a registered nurse, but they're allowed to do nursing duties under the supervision of a registered nurse. Yeah, them in the medical scrub. Oh, that's, okay. Well, that's all. Okay, I got a comment on this, too. It's like that that combination where you said he was volatile and she was stable, and they mm-hmm. kind of, you know... They're, That's they're, what their friends were saying. I mean, that can be a good recipe sometimes. Was it not in this case, Randy? So <laughs> we're now uh, jumping ahead to the mid '90s. <laughs> no marriages were great. Things. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, okay. like rock, rock and time. Everyone's <laughs> got like tons of money. It's right. Oh, it's great, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. Nirvana's on the rise. Nothing's uh, gonna stop them. No, they're mid- '95. Well, mid '90s, yeah, on the rise. 
We're not, not the we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not York. just yet. Um, no. So Matt, uh, <laughs> but do you have something to tell me about Nirvana, my favorite band I, ever? I'll I've only gotten to '94 in their discography, so uh, I'm gonna. I'll, we'll have a talk after the podcast. <laughs> but they had that song come out in like '04, right? Like that's they still have shit getting re-released, yeah. I remastered. And... <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dave Grohl will never find better, so it's fine. Mm. Yeah, it's just <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Yeah, you're on there, um, Matt. What would uh, what would you say was the most popular title for the personal home computer around then? Was it Mist? <laughs> yeah. no, I was gonna, I was gonna just say it, say a joke, but I'm just like, it's yeah, it's Mist. You couldn't it's, pull up like Postal or anything. No, yeah, at least, yeah, yeah, at least you see later. Yes, later on, later on, finally. Wait, what year is this? Nine, well, we're in um, '94. Uh, so right, Doom then. <laughs> so was ninety three, yeah, but yeah. Miss Miss that had longer legs. Miss continued to sell for many years and was at the top of the charts for years until yes. the Sims came out. That's what topped. Wow, that it got uh, dethroned yeah, in two thousand. Yeah, yeah. two thousand. Two thousand, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it. I bought Miss at the Scholastic Book Fair, installed it, played it for five minutes, mm-hmm. and then threw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think most kids did. I didn't. <laughs> Not know. you. Not me. Yeah, I, li- you I chipped away at, the, yeah. at those walls. So yeah, uh, miss the point and click puzzle sensation. Uh, truly revolutionary for the field, with its influence still frequently being seen today. And Harry Horse, he was a fan too. Uh, this along with the seventh guest, uh, another adventure game oh. presented in a yeah. similar fashion. Oh, I thought yeah. about that one yeah. in so long. Yeah. Except with a heart twist. Also, I just they made a se- uh, 11th Hour, I think was also the sequel to that. Okay, I just realized it pointed He out- super dug him. His name, okay. Is his name is a reference to that Beatles song, Mr. Kite? Is that a circus? Harry the Horse? Potentially. I mean, I, that's I, all I think of when I, I think. I'm uh, probably like one of the. Fan, like, fantastical something of Mr. Kite? Yeah, for the, yeah for the benefit of Mr. Kite. The benefit of Mr. Kite. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes. I know the song and not. It's from heart. it's from Magical Mystery. Of course. That's why. Yeah. My, mom, my, yeah. my mom just listens to. So I'll still listen to White Album on loop. Oh, it's because White like, Album slaps. Yeah, I know. It's like White Album. Significantly and, yeah, better. Yeah. Um, yeah, of, I think of I'm all like, the Beatles albums. That's probably the, the weakest. The forgettable is, one. Yeah. Is, is the, uh, the, the magical mystery school mm-hmm. bus. I was going to say, I think, yeah. I'm the, I think I'm the only person that remembers that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that the head the octopus's garden? Is yeah, that what yeah, that, yeah. that is? That is, uh, I hate that song. <laughs> I know. That's why it's and, the best. And the other one. The best Beatle. Yeah, of course. I forget. That might that doesn't have within you without you though right the one that's like backwards because that that's all rules uh, anyway so <laughs> so uh, yeah um, Harry Horse big fan of Mist um, in fact when he dove into them in uh, in 1994 inspiration struck for you see prior to his Ogopoko book uh, there was another project of his that never quite got the attention he wished for thanks to legal trouble the writings were of a phony manuscript. A concept that wouldn't just help propagate the conspiracy of ancient aliens, but one that would gradually turn into the basis for drowned god. Ooh. Was this like a was this like a marketing stunt? Like he circulated like a fake manuscript? It's to- it's difficult to 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 say, like to pinpoint what the intention was. Um but but what was this exactly? Uh the forgings in question basically document the events following the destruction of Atlantis. It was backdated as being from 1846 okay, yeah, rather than yeah. 1983 yeah. and stated it was written by British uh, or uh, English poet Richard Horne, famous for the poem epic Orion. Oh, and they also shared the same birth name. Yeah. So that's what okay. I was going to so, say. Did he just name that one after himself? Uh, okay. <laughs> so he found somebody who had his exact name and then took that as a pen name. 
That's the wrong way to do it. <laughs> yeah, right? Also, okay, so I, I think it, it sounds like it might have just tried to be just a good old-fashioned hoax. Just something to get yeah, people riled up. and it, it especially, like it, it, since it managed to trick experts into believing it was genuine when it was submitted to examiners for verification. I don't know who you contacted then. Um, <laughs> Later, I, yeah, I, I gotta be honest, we didn't even look at it. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, like you, ufologists are like the time travel equivalent of that. Like, what? <laughs> who, who was doing that? Yeah, that line of work. Uh, the period chosen was when Horn was alive and active. It was pretty in sync with his interests as well. Um, the mention of the Sons of God legend, uh, although Horse later clarified that he wasn't aware of those details till long after. Horse's hmm. fascination with alternate history um, came when he encountered a professor, Ian uh, Halpke, uh, who explained to him that there were clues embedded within the uh, the Kabbalah and other hmm. old Jewish okay. texts oh, that wow. quote, wow. hide this encipher uh, and the secret. Um, or the, sorry, the hide <laughs> and encipher the secret. The secret? Like the book? Yeah. <laughs> so, That's what I heard. Envision so, the conspiracy and it will become real. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what's brilliant uh, about, you know, uh, conspiracy types. It's like provide some false, like, primary document evidence that has, like, enough of a framework. And it's like the theorists will do the work for you. They will fill it with their bullshit. And it's like you can just, yeah, that, that's it. like one thing could be, like, a part of a bunch of different sort of occult circles and, and, and yeah. conspiracy circles. So so that's actually the thing I wanted to clarify. So, yeah. so you're saying he wrote a manuscript, submitted it as true to an expert, yeah. and then another expert said, I know this is true because this other conspiracy text backs up <laughs> things in the fake conspiracy text you just handed me? You're making my head spin, but I... Like, so he, they, so they, yeah, and that's what everyone to, else said, too, when they were just like, okay, yeah, we'll go along with this. Or, yeah. or they were taking yeah. a poet's work and as... And he was like reimagining it, but also literalizing it at right, the but, same time. But so like, what you what you said was another expert came and said, "I like this makes sense because of what's in the Kabbalah, which is a real text and is used in conspiracy theory circles." So essentially, he well, created this, something. That this was, was the professor that he said that he would like because people asked him, "They're like, oh, you, there's a lot in common with you know this other person that you're." you're saying that this is written by, and he's like, I don't know anything about that. It was this other professor that actually inspired oh, it. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, oh. yeah. Okay, that so it wasn't a third party. He was he was manufacturing his own verification. Yes. Okay, yeah. okay. I got kind it. Of, kind of like aligns with his old, like, penchant for just pretending to be whoever the fuck is necessary in his life at that time yeah, that to be is. his own hype man or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> his own reference. This guy, this guy, is. he seems very resourceful so far. Again, mm. aside from, yeah. you know, not... <laughs> Not being uh, great with relationships, it sounds like he's just—he's very creative. I guess. Well, there, there's, just I don't think, mad about I don't think, art. I don't think there's any conflict with in their relationship. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, well, well, yeah. <laughs> you said something about I mean, her. Just we know about. Her, she was so still and calm, and that was what balanced him. I just imagined it's like a deer in a headlight <laughs> yeah. sitting in on the couch in the You're living right. room I, while I he rants about art dealers being crooked. Yeah, I shouldn't oh, be yeah. assuming. I I don't have any evidence how like I, yeah, uh, how when when you said yes, her stillness. I was like, like, like Catatonia. Like, yeah, it's like just, just like, like, um, like Shelley Duvall. Yeah. I'm just gonna okay, let go that ahead, sit yeah, for a yeah, moment yeah, before yeah. I, the secret that we were all uh, aided by ET into constructing the pyramids or whatever, and also that the Ark of the Covenant was a nuclear bomb. That um, one, I believe. And that pigs and people share compatible genes. It's kind of a kernel of accuracy to that, right? That's I don't yeah, somewhat. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys know. 
most mammals share about 99% of yeah. their DNA. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exactly where it's it came like, from. Most, you can get sunburn, Kay. It's like, yeah. you're rolling your most, eyes at. Yes. <laughs> We're just long pigs. As we mentioned on our cannibalism episode what? last Halloween, pigs uh, are the closest to what humans taste like, apparently. I've never had a human, but apparently humans taste the most like pork. Cannibal, what's There's it? a reason like tattoo artists will use like pig skin yeah, to, practice. to practice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it, so what you're saying is that we didn't evolve from monkeys. <gasps> we evolved from pigs. Just the capitalist thing. I wish. <laughs> uh, I wish. I wish we evolved from. <laughs> Could you imagine how much easier life would be with cloven hooves? Right? Or you can just like grow tusks whenever you, I don't know, you're yes. oh. I don't know where I'm going with this. I mean, yeah, so if you're in the woods for two weeks, I go immediately if feral. You, if yeah. you had hooves, you could play that in your, your swashbuckling Scottish psychobilly band or whatever. It's true. I feel like, <laughs> I'd be great at the washboard. <laughs> I feel like architecture would also be pretty, much easier. Not so much keeping out moisture and dirt. And it's like, we're, we're okay we'll keep with it. Yeah. Times. yeah. Um, anywho, this shit got shelved once it was discovered as a hoax. The stun even landed him with what? fines when he attempted to sell them as real. Um, and can't, I mean, can you just sell them as fake? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> just have a lab. Of, I don't. Know, I mean, that's that's the thing. You wait long enough, people will want to buy them. Ironically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, it didn't ruin his reputation, though, as his career did truck on past the controversy. Um, of course, that may have been what led to the name change. Eh, um, so then a decade goes by. He gets the thought that perhaps an interactive game in this style could be the perfect avenue to finally blow the dust off his theories and unearth them to the world. Um, because despite his infatuation with the um, the visuals and immersion of Mist, he actually didn't care much for the, its narrative. His pitch was something with a far larger emphasis on lore. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's I agree. That was. <laughs> uh, in a span of weeks, he would begin to get in contact with folks to make it happen. I can't determine whether any of these messages were grounded in deceit, but luckily for him, the demand for computer adventure titles was hot. Um, as Matt said, Mist did gangbusters, and so did its contemporaries. I was gonna say, there's plenty of lore in Mist. Yeah, that's uh, true. They made the game like multiple sequels. The game is literally about books. <laughs> Therefore, oh, it, it didn't take. So boring. <laughs> Therefore, it didn't take much to convince um, a division of Time Warner to invest in the endeavor. Um, ex Hell yeah. Except those plans changed when that office closed, so it instead was handed to Inkscape to fund it. Uh, soon, producer Algie uh, Williams was assigned to the task and he hired a crew of multimedia artists and programmers to start development with Horse, uh, directing. This is such a the wonderful era of game development where, like, somebody this insane is just plays Mist and is like, I have an idea, and then they have funding and employees, and like, yeah, you be the director. Oh, you've never... You're in a... Uh, Weird, like, Scottish band and wrote a f book that got you sued? Sure. Make a video game. <laughs> you just still get that nowadays. You just, some, like, some, your name needs, needs to be yeah. Chris Roberts. And Peter, Peter Molyneux. Peter <laughs> Molyneux. Yeah. yeah. Peter Molyneux started, we said this on the podcast before, too. Peter Molyneux started when he accidentally got shipped computers instead of beans. That's what? right. Uh, yeah. That's his, 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 uh, we we covered this on the Peter Molyneux episode, but his uh his father in law mm. was like he was unemployed and his he was like you should start a business where you just distribute beans, and so he ordered a bunch of beans and they sent him computers so he made hold, populous. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> I understand that sometimes you have to deal with like the the cards you've been dealt. I want to know 
who this weird bean baron would have been. I want, wait, but was it like he one? Would have been selling people beans that don't taste like anything. Was it just one yeah. type of bean? I think it was baked beans. Yeah. You know what they say when life shifts you computers make populous. I just thought it was like a shit ton of dried beans, sort of like canned. Like, no, like pre- canned. I think because it was in uh, Britain, so I think it was like canned baked beans. I have more questions. Like for beans on toast and shit. <laughs> Who told him this? His father-in-law. Is he married to a Heinz? No. Also, okay, then who is this bean magnate? What is no, happening? No, he didn't make the beans. He was just going to ship the beans. If I hear the word beans one more time, also, <laughs> you're all driving me also, nuts. Also, I, like I like how his business plan wasn't, I guess I'm just a PC salesman now. He just said, I'm going to use the PCs. I'm going I'm to be a developer. Yeah, be a developer. Yeah, make one of the which, most important games of all time. Which actually begs the question, was he just going to eat the beans when he got them? <laughs> I mean, I, he, he wasn't even going to sell them. I was going to eat the computer chips. He's going to innovate on it's the like beans. It's like early drop shipping. Like, I don't. I still don't understand this business model. Uh, so uh, so many of the employees were fresh off the heels of their foray into CDI territory. Hell yeah. Um, the, this uh, previously from, um, sorry, Epic Multimedia Group Limited, formerly Epic Multimedia Limited, formerly Epic Performance Improvement Limited, later the Epic Multimedia Group Limited, then the Epic Interactive Media Company, then Wavesong Limited, then LEO Learning Limited, Jesus Christ. Elio, who still like, exists, by the way. Uh, like, a... wait. Like the electric... No, yeah, it's yellow. yellow. Never mind. Yellow. Never mind. Yellow. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Close. They, they made Drown God, and then they made Mr. Blue Sky. I don't know if anybody on any of the staff members here got killed by a hay bale rolling down a hill or whatever. That was... What? That, what? that yellow guy died? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Game developer... Uh, rogue hay bale? <laughs> Like a rogue wave or like what? I think it was like a hay bale that was probably like the size of like, you know, yeah, yeah. like a truck. And I think it hit his car. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh. That, is, that is the definition of your time to go. <laughs> yeah. Man, dude, game development over in the UK is just like, it's such a wild story. <laughs> it's it. <laughs> So these guys. I dodged 16 uh, hay bales on my way to work today. <laughs> You just see them driving down the road. They're like rolling down the hill. It's like an obstacle course. That's how they get all their ideas for like, you know, like the puzzle action games like that when you have to dodge them. They're just like, they're they're like, just like, this wasn't like an action set piece. It's just a regular, regular drive to work. Yeah. I was, this was a novella. This is a memoir. Yeah. Frogger based on a true story. Yeah. No, this is, this is epic, but not that epic. Um, So they, they did Soundtrap. Um, an educational, uh, it's educational software that hopes to teach children the core principles of proper audio application via playable lessons. Um, uh, after there was wait, 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 wait. Yeah. audio application. I for children. That was wait, what wait, the wait, description wait. read on. Uh, yeah, that's what I played to learn how to mix this podcast. Yeah, wait, like <laughs> this isn't like a bunch of kids wanting to be YouTube. I don't know. Well, like, I, audacity <laughs> for toddlers. Yeah, what? This is the early 90s. What, I, a, yeah. what an idea. Why? <laughs> After there was shipwreck. He was a time traveler. <laughs> like, yeah, inspired well, by, this, by Mario Paint. This isn't him. This is the company that is being oh, okay. hired to, oh, okay. to make Drown God. Uh, this is their prior um, uh, repertoire. Um, so the shipwreck, uh, this was another edutainment product to help the youngins learn about electricity and magnetism. Um, <laughs> Through the story of the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, wait, <laughs> it was shipwreck? It was the name of that. That was what it was called. Girl, like, okay. <laughs> well, lastly, we have 
Thumbelina, an FMV title that tells the story of Hans uh, Christian Andersen through excerpts and stills from oh, the, yeah. Do- the Don Bluth mm-hmm. film. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And all were CDI. So uh, Drone God is quite a step, you know, up and Dude, I oh my God. quit. I changed degrees when I had to take electricity and magnetism. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't do know it. how yeah. the hell you teach that to kids. Yeah. I, that's, you, that, that, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like 30 something and. It's just it's, magic. It, I don't it's care. Complicated. Yeah. <laughs> you, I, I was gonna make an insane clown posse joke, but uh, <laughs> magnets. <laughs> yeah, have, yeah, yeah. How do they work? I, will, I don't know. I will say this: I have studied EM and and done a little bit of quantum stuff. It's like when you get to a certain level, it kind of just you just assume kind of magic because you're just like you're like why why oh, is yeah. there, why is there a speed limit? Why is there like a max? A, speed? It's all theoretical like, too. Yeah. So it's like yeah, you go on to get your PhD in theoretical physics. You never you no longer think like a normal human. <laughs> yeah, it's no, that's, like, yeah. what I've heard from other physicists. <laughs> yeah, you get your degree and then you're just no longer fun at parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in what universe does this does uh, this physicist work? None of them. That's why it's theoretical. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I'm just I'm just making it up as I go. <laughs> so so horse remain tight with designers uh, Inigo Orduna and Anthony McGaw, uh, spending six months building the foundation for it um, to then after walk the modders, uh, sorry, walk the modelers and animators through his vision right up to the finishing touches. Williams also brought on John Morris and Chris uh, Maslanka, a renowned puzzle expert whose input was told to be, quote, fiendishly difficult. Great. Great, yeah. <laughs> Let's just make this more arcane. <laughs> Rounding out the staff, uh, there was also Greg Bolton, a sculptor that worked on the Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer video. <gasps> oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> now you're speaking my language. All right. And you can tell a little when you watch footage of this thing in action, like the stop motion camera. Oh, yeah. That, that music video... It's creeped the yeah. fuck out of me it's as a creepy, kid. It's kind of rad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack that you pointed out, Matt, um, was composed by... Ambient music duo. Uh, <laughs> m- Miaz- you weren't worried about SEO back then. <laughs> Mi- Miasma? Miasma. 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 Um, oh, I thought their name was Ambient <laughs> Sound Duo. Sorry. <laughs> That's going to be my next side project. Sorry. I, yeah, my pause there. I guess fuck that all up. Uh, divisive, albeit very fitting. Um, originally, Williams S. Burroughs was scheduled to perform the narration for the game. What? Oh my God. That was that was till he passed away before recording was. Oh done. my God. Oh. Randy. He was still he was actually gonna do it. Yeah. Randy, this sounds like a good plug for uh, our uh, the episode we did on I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream. Yes. This was the mid nineties and it was like it was the multimedia era oh, yeah, and a bunch yeah. of authors That's were right. like starting to digitize yeah. their works and video games. They're obviously yeah. it's not it was, far off from Ellison doing a yes, game. Yeah. Yes. Harlan Ellison, uh, and also uh, Douglas Adams famously mm-hmm. made two games that what were was the that one he really making. brought up that yeah. Geiger uh, did the art oh, for because that was a oh, fuck yes yeah. Yeah. damn yes Geiger yes check out yes. our I have no mouth and I must scream yes. episodes on that that is Last if you Halloween. like if you like uh, Geiger's uh, artwork uh, he contributed his art to Cyber Dreams first project and it is gorgeous yeah and it's actually really it's intensely dark game yeah uh, it has a lot of fail states it's uh. Yeah. Play no mouth as well. Yes. Yeah, these these games were wild. But yes, this was an era where where authors were kind of embracing oh, the whole no. the whole digital era thing, Amazing. and and a lot of a lot of them did say they liked it. it. Yeah. yeah, you would think them not being techie people, they would hate it, but they actually no, loved, they, they definitely they, embraced they, they, it. They, they at embraced the time. it because yeah. they, they loved. They wanted to see what the and it's like yeah, a lot of great work. The medium could do. Yes. Also, Harlan Ellison did the voiceover. That's for, yes. Far. I he have no mouth, and I'm a scream, and he's amazing. Yeah, Harlan <laughs> yeah. is in the he's. 
The he best, sounds deranged. It's, Harlan yeah, is the great. best part of that game. Yeah. Listening to him talk, it sounds like he is having so much fun yeah. playing and he's hamming it up. Yeah, he is. Ha- yes, he does a great job. Yeah. Aside from that, um, like Burrow's passing away, uh, the um, production went relatively smoothly. No hurdle too big for them to resolve. Hmm. And so on Halloween 1996, yeah, That's uh, Drown God saw its launch. Uh, Windows 95, baby. Uh, a Windows 3.1 version was intended, but uh, eventually scrapped. Um, the box featured a giant gray's head with the phrase, unlock 40,000 years of lies next to it. All caps. <laughs> um, wait. 40,000? People haven't... Well, civilization hasn't been around for that long. Who was lying? Um, <laughs> yeah. Early... Pro- yeah. Early humans. Early humans. Like, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, we were just, it was just humans at that point. I don't point. know, Wait, yeah. raptors, can they, Wait, they can make exactly. up some shit. But even Dude, our ancestors, never, like, yeah. I don't know. Don't be Assassin's Creed. <laughs> There's a precursor race that made the apples of Eden. God? You ever see Prometheus? Yeah, you ever see, you ever, yeah. ever play Halo? Was it just, good? <laughs> wasn't that God? Didn't God do that, according to? Oh, God doesn't. Assassin's He's been drowned, Creed. okay? Yeah. Assassin's Creed is a very anti-Christian game, even though Ubisoft won't admit it. So, you know what? Back then, they were saying like, "Big, don't believe Big Ice Age. The glaciers are a lie." Okay, right. you, you ever see them? Yeah. yeah. Weren't they like move going into an ice age? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that was it. They're just like, dude. They're like, everybody's saying move south. Everything's going to be under ice. Okay. They, yeah. just want, they just want me to move. Okay. Is his, is his whole thing like Scientology but less lame? Yeah. 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 Because that's the whole point well. of Scientology is that like aliens came to Earth first and fucked with everything. <laughs> this, no, this shit's way cooler. Yeah. I'll get at that. Uh, it, it also rocked a, uh, a, uh, a fat M rating from the ESRB uh, for naughty words. One of the first. Um, That's all. Yeah. Not, <laughs> but, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I know. We saw Donger and not and, even that. Like the I'm first just, five seconds. And did they not care about actual violence. thematic anything back so then? So me and, yeah, me wow, and Matt yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, my roommate Alfred recently, we've been playing um, Harvester. And, it's, and I was telling you about it where oh, I was like, the, so God. the process in which games were rated back then was so fast and loose because they didn't play anything. It would be a packet and the developer would be like, this is what's in my game. And then they would believe it. Like they take it as gospel. And then unless they got in trouble... You know, and like nobody said anything. They'll be like, "This is fine," and it's like nowadays that pro, you know, that it's much more like uh, you know, oh the magnifying glass is a lot oh, larger. Absolutely, I would say that defining point is everything post um, hot coffee, which we discussed. Because like even throughout the '90s and early 2000s, game ratings were mostly inaccurate. Now yeah. they're they're pretty. You don't get to be like a multi multi billion dollar industry um, and not get get right. right under the lens yeah, essentially. Yeah. There's also there's also like uh, movies. There's like a accounting that needs to happen if you're gonna make your movie PG thirteen versus R. Yes. How many fuck uh, words? Yeah. Got one. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's an like, R rated podcast. Video ga- like all the best selling video games are. Well, they're for kids, but the most of that list is M rated. Yeah, because nobody cares. Actually, and and it's funny now it's. Like the the teen rating is probably like lesser used. You're yeah. making a kitty game, or you're oh, should I like else. not t- have my nephew listen to this podcast? Is that what we're saying? No, we need we need the the numbers. Tell him the yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell him to play it on loop. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so he uh, passed certification and uh, and boom, they're ready to roll. Went gold. Uh, so uh, in total. 85 people are listed in the credits. This was no small affair. That's Wow, that's a big development mm-hmm. team for 95. Yeah. Uh, uh, Inscape, the distributor, uh, Drown God was their sixth and final release, succeeding The Dark Eye, a horror game that toured you through the works of Edgar Allan Poe, and uh, did 
host the voice of Burroughs pre-death. Um, guess that explains the connection. Like the, the they knew him, the publisher. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, then there's the residence bad day in on the midway, a circus themed detective mystery title from the quote infamous and anonymous rock and roll band slash performing arts troupe. What? No fucking. I'm what sorry. the fuck <laughs> did you just say? I told you guys this company was weird with yeah, their selection. It was ambient sound duos for soundtrack. <laughs> um, Ravage DCX, a futuristic camera driver rail shooter. Um, I wonder if we can get these anywhere. They sound fucking crazy. Um, Assassin 2015, another oh. sci-fi FPS, but more arcade. The distant future. Prequel to Assassin's Creed. <laughs> but then yeah. this one I wanted to stop on for a sec because I've been trying to track down a um like a like uh, a copy of this for a while. Um, Devo presents the Adventures of Smart Patrol. What? Uh, which I can't even define. Just look it up. There's a whole companion that album that was recorded with. Holy it. shit! Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something tells me. Okay, ready? I gotta hunt that. Let's Games written by authors, pretty okay. I have a feeling game written by, by bands. By band. <laughs> you think, I, I, it, it's got to be better than Kiss's Psycho Circus or the Aerosmith uh, Revolution, Revolution X. X. Yeah. yeah. What about Moonwalker? Oh my god, dude, Randy, this cover is horrifying. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Turn it around just so they can see. Yeah, okay, here you go. Well, well, me, uh, the, the cover there, of the adventures go. of uh, Smart Patrol. Whoa. You know what's funny? Yeah. Wow. You just look at this and you're just like, clearly this was this cover was designed for kids. Oh, oh, oh no, oh, oh. No, I, it's it is not. There is oh, a yeah. uh I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that is also M-rated. There's like a there's like a whole section at a mental hospital where you're like all the characters are like dancing and eating shit or something. I forget. Oh my God. It, lo um, it looks like a children's game though. It, <laughs> don't be fooled. Um, so back to the, back to the game itself though. Uh, Drown God. Now I think it's important that we do our best to paint a picture of what this uh, experience even is prior to the report, like reporting on it. Some, uh, you know, it's reception in numbers. Um, I would just like to point out that I've uh, I've found a screenshot on my abandoned wear for the Devo game, and it just says the Brainwasher, and it looks like a, like a game show thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh hell yeah! Okay, uh, so we did watch um, a little of a YouTube no commentary run. Um, one day we'll sit down with this for real. <laughs> that was the initial plan, but it's been a busy week, so please mm -hmm. forgive us. Um, to put it simply. Imagine Mist, uh, your POV overlaid with a point-and-click interface. Uh, you navigate your way about the 3D environments, activate switches, gather objects, manage your inventory, solve puzzles to progress forward. And I don't mean that as a uh, as derogatory. It's fairly engrossing looking. Like it's like it's um, there's memory challenges, mazes, uh, interactions in sequence, competitions with NPCs. Much of it is non-linear, meaning you can go to places and conquer obstacles in any order. Um, at one point, you need to arrange clips of dialogue between statues of Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein in an effort to chronologically form a coherent conversation. Um, we saw. Oh, yeah. oh that's what that was. There. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's loads of cutscenes, complete with VO, that are rich and with surreal, you know, imagery and bizarre animations. Uh, all in all, um, it, like uh, I think it's uh, like how long to beat noted as taking around two hours to finish, but. That probably varies heavily based on your personal battle with figuring shit out. Yeah, like, I'm dumb. So like, like if you have a walkthrough, maybe yeah. the people who would report their times to how long to beat know what they're doing. It seems yes. like you yeah. can beat it in two hours, not you will beat it in two hours. Yeah. Um, okay. So the story. 
Fuck. Uh, yeah, how we do watched I watched a bunch of plot? this, and I don't even know what we saw. <laughs> so yeah. this will be great. I get to spare you from your usual duties uh, uh, oh, today. Oh, thank so. God. <laughs> so, I think I would die. Yeah, is there a no- novelization? Of- <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yes, there's, there's, yeah, a there's manuscripts. Yeah. Uh, oh, but can you get that in as large a print as you got for the Spirits Within? They're on slabs. Um, so, <laughs> Golden plates. Yeah. So uh, Drowned God's overall mission is enlightenment. Uh, to free you from a false existence, convince you that mankind has been nip- manipulated to cover up the real facts. Uh, the truth being that aliens from the Orion constellation, oh, Orion comes again, uh, in space, uh, seeded humanity on the planet thousands of years ago and have guided us ever since. Then the advanced civilization got eradicated in the Great Flood. Uh, they mix various ideologies here. Uh, the contents of the Library of Alexandria was lost. Inside was what Harry Horse calls, uh, quote, forbidden knowledge, uh, knowledge that was kept and protected by the Knights Templar. Um, sup, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Um, members among that were multiple uh, historic luminaries, your Leonardo da Vinci's and Sir Isaac Newton's, um, Jumping ahead to the 20th century, the Philadelphia Experiment. Uh, read that urban legend. It's fun. Yeah, uh, I've op- heard, I've, yeah, I've heard it a million times. Yeah. Uh, opened a portal into another dimension, which, uh, oh yeah, that's, that's what you were saying, Dave. Uh, which liberates the extraterrestrials. Uh, in game, they are referred to uh, as the Legion. Um, wait, then wait. Liberates from where? I think I they, they were, were under the they, ocean. I th- Well, I think they were trapped in a different uh, like plane of... Like under- so the Great Flood was both physical and metaphysical? <laughs> they were Great Flooded right off of the planet into a different plane? Anyway. Listen, uh, I, I tracked yeah, everything I'm, you said up until this point. This is the first thing yeah, that I find Dave, confusing. Yes. So Perfect. Then, yep. so there's, there's something with the Illuminati, um, a top-secret government organization who's been in communication with the Greys since they crashed in Roswell. Um this is a mouthful. And it, it's like every conspiracy wrapped into like a single fucking package. Um, yeah. They should have thrown in JFK. I was going to say, yeah, the little bit of Zapruder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, King Arthur is there, though. He's got to be. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Nice be. Templar. Um, also, I left out the sections with the Tree of Life. I know you frequently use tarot cards as well. We, we saw that. Um, in one area, you got to collect artifacts like the Holy Grail, a Rod of Osiris, and the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, uh, it all amalgamates like multitudes of historical, religious, and fantastical elements. Um, it just sounds fiction like, and nonfiction. It just sounds like yes. It just sounds like every occult belief kind of just mm-hmm. rolled up into one. No, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, it's opening levels, uh, taking inspiration from Hebrew teachings, Roman architecture. You go to the Stonehenge. It's all that. Uh, yeah. Travel by submarine uh, to Mesoamerican ruins. Um, God, we gotta play this. <laughs> Later, you come across an underground transit system, a steampunk carnival. It's called um, a subway. Well, <laughs> no, it looked all like you know we we the uh, um, all industrial like look, and then uh, the carnival uh, and it each culminates in a uh, rendezvous at Area Fifty One. Um, there are various game over screens. Uh, for instance, if you fail to recover the Ark of the Covenant, it turns into a nuclear warhead and detonates. Um, oh, okay. It, <laughs> I I have to, apparently that that is a common one. A common is conspiracy? It? It bear, mm-hmm. Is it, actually? Dave, you, you said you made a comment earlier. So, oh, goodness. So <laughs> Indiana Jones is the most I know about the Ark of the Covenant. So I've, I've heard about ancient nuke theories before, not necessarily just the Ark of the Covenant, but I have heard that the Ark was used as a... It was carried into battle by ancient... 
early Christians, Jewish people. I forget exactly. I mean, I guess probably. I think, Christians. It, I think that is the the, the legend uh, of it. Yeah. yeah, and it would it would grant it's a weapon. Yes, it would it would grant victory in battle, and the thought was that it was victory in battle through nuclear apocalypse, not through I was the, gonna say. the glory of God. Yeah. Well, or the glory of God is the splitting of the atom. I guess we couldn't really tell. <laughs> but, wow, this is very But yes, so there's, there's also like a reason that a lot of people will say that um, if you look at ancient ruins and you see the staircase down, it looks like they're melted. And this is due to nuclear bombs going off in the past, not necessarily uh, just due to thousands of years of humans walking on things. Or just erosion? No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. It was nukes. But oh. anyway. Uh, okay, all right. Now, why is the top still standing? Eh, no one cares. Very <laughs> low, like, low-lying nukes. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, like, like, yeah, like landmine nukes. And it's, the, the, the issue is that all of this obviously feeds back into the very, um, you know, white ethnocentric things of like, oh, I don't understand how pe- these people could have made them, therefore they, they couldn't without Yeah, they help. didn't have like pulleys. Bingo, okay, that yes. was, that's gonna come into- They didn't have pulleys or fulcrums. Yes, or, yes nope. exactly. It's like, Yo. just because they had to solve problems that I don't. And enslaved labor. Yes. And mm-hmm. mass, yeah. What about, don't forget the shadoof, okay? It's an agri- <laughs> it was an agricultural device. The shadoof? Called a shadoof, yeah. Here, that's a me. Pokemon. That, that was gonna say, that was a Gen 2 Pokemon. Yeah, yeah <laughs> evolution but of everybody, Badoof. Everybody forgets the shadoof, okay? <laughs> so the game has uh, three separate endings, too, uh, each hinging on your decision to enter what chamber representing your allegiance to two opposing factions and one middle option to abstain. Uh, taking a uh, side of uh, either alliance results in you being trapped in a different dystopian hellscape for eternity. Uh, a, one is a, a technological police state uh, and the other is a um, forced genetic society. So take your pick. Eugenics. Eugenics. Yeah. Jinx. Um, what did he say? They no. both. They both got the Men in Black <laughs> monitoring your fate. Wait, what yeah, happens if you just stay neutral? So, well, the well, I think you just sit there. But the the uh, the clear <laughs> choice is the center door. Okay. Uh, that's the alien epilogue that ties it all together. Um, regardless, the closing voiceover will instruct you. That Osiris has been murdered, and that's drowned. Murdered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, that's so. Wait, is Osiris the drowned god? I, is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Or is it a god? Is it the Christian god or an Egyptian god? Yes. Yeah, if or are they the same thing? <laughs> I was going to say, I think that would make the most sense because if they have both the Ark of the Covenant existing as an actual and, artifact, uh, yeah, but also nuclear Osiris. Device, and it's then, like, yeah. uh, what's that game? Forgotten City. Oh, yeah. That's okay. so cool. God, the game rules. Oh. Dave, stop, Every... giving, stop giving these people ideas, okay? You're just like, they're just like, that does make sense. Let's write, let's write it down. <laughs> Listen, I'm a, little, so I'm a little too steeped in conspiracy lore. So. <laughs> You're very knowledgeable. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But I, really I'm glad I know the, it's a um, nuke. <laughs> really, it's the aesthetic and atmosphere that deserves the spotlight. Um, it's eerie as fuck. Uh, just a tad obtuse. Um, that description makes it all the more uh, surprising that it sold rather well. Uh, 34,000 units out the gate. It even made into the top 10 for gaming sales charts the following month. In Glasgow, Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) However, by that December, bugs and poor support from the devs led to a significant drop-off post the initial excitement. When its run concluded, it moved over 60,000 copies. So, wait. So they had that many people on the team? And it it shipped with bugs? Well, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, this said, uh, how did you guys feel about it from, from what we watched? I mean, it looks sick as shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was legitimately eerie. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it not. I mean, in part because it is has like that late, that mid to late nineties, like janky, like the reason. Yes, it's, it's so lo-fi. Yeah, the reason I bring up Assassin's Creed is because it gave me like, what if the dude that made Assassin's Creed just went insane? 
<laughs> that's what it's like. Because it's like Assassin's Creed has the exact same, well, not the exact same, but it has similar lore, but it's very like precise in who it criticizes. Yeah, yeah. Like you said the thing it's about like, here. Uh, like, oh, the Knights Templar are the bad guys and like mm-hmm. Isaac Newton was one of them, right? Yeah. And it's like if this was an Assassin's Creed game, he would be the good, he would be an assassin. Because they have like, it's like when you play like the Assassin's Creed that took place in London and you bump into Charles Dickens and then he helps <laughs> yeah. you like kill the King of England or whatever. <laughs> it's like the opposite of that. They did get like real big into the, like the, the, yeah. the Avengers but history. and Yeah, it's like Da Vinci's in two and then. <laughs> it's hilarious. You know what I really, okay, so I was pointing out like something about like the 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 new age pseudo intellectualism yeah, really yeah. like just kind of makes my skin crawl. And I just realized, think about it. Okay, you remember at the end of... It does of, look like... It's like a VHS that you're being recruited. Yes. Or something. They, so remember at the end of Girl with a Dragon Tattoo where they plays Anya? Sail, yeah, yeah, sail, yeah, away. sail away. You know, as soon as that song comes on, something fucked up's about to happen. <laughs> it's like, you just know, it's like, it just gives me this sense of just like, something's <laughs> not... Re- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't listen to that oh, song without, so without thinking of uh, of uh, yeah Daniel Craig getting strangled. <laughs> and, uh, and the uh, the other reviews sort of ran the gambit, uh, frankly. Um, middling when added together, but it certainly had its defenders. Uh, consensus, more or less, was that it was definitely unique and had ambitious ideas. The graphics were inventive. The storytelling was nothing like anybody had seen. Um, critique was primarily aimed at the execution and puzzle solving, um, and uh, its harsh audio didn't jive with every critic either. Um, Vince, yeah, that is one thing I will say is that everything that we listened to was yeah. incomprehensible. Yeah. yeah, both on a content level and an audio yeah, level. The, the, <laughs> it was. It needs to be remastered. Is what we're uh, saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> get on it. Uh, I'm gonna regret saying. That <laughs> yes, yes, you will, and you know why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vince Brody at Gamespot gave it a 6.2, complimenting its visuals and writing. Uh, he wrote about uh, how packed it with freakish animations and unexpected twists um, th- that were in it. It's, uh, however, he also lamented that a handful of the puzzle solutions were hopelessly difficult, while others were extremely derivative. Um, some, though, were called brilliant, like the, the statue one. Uh, he then continues to comment on the confusing na- navigation, uh, this while being forced to revisit locations numerous times. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, did you play those old point and clicks? It kind of yeah, just sounds like yeah. what he's... Um, yeah, it just sounds like mist. <laughs> but the sound design was an issue. Um, its musical components repeat too often and didn't sit in the mix appropriately, largely due to the background sound effects uh, droning on with it. Um, and we took note of that. He spoke highly of the dialogue and stated it was finally acted, even if you'll, you know, hear them a lot. But we, I could barely make that. It's a, but he concluded his thoughts by specifying how the ending didn't stick the landing with the site naming it one of the most disappointing games of 1996. Uh, quote, the great premise is buried like the mysteries of the ages themselves under a mediocre misclub. Harsh. Yeah. And, wow. That's. Oof. Um, what can, What else came out in 1996? <laughs> Super Mario 64. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, T. Liam McDonald of PC Gamer was in a similar camp, uh, granting it a nice 69. percent He loved the style and the intellectual approach of the subject matter, but was lukewarm on the rest. Um, more positively, Steve Ramsey of Quandries scored it four out of five stars, digging the presentation and entertaining assortment of conspiracy theories. He also thought the puzzles were well-integrated, challenging, yeah. but not unfair. Uh, he always felt that he was marching towards progress and never got lost. So it's kind of like complete opposite. Of it. Um, the biggest ding from him was that you could barely make out the characters that were saying, no. yes, and that there was no subtitles displayed to read. Yep. Yeah. So No, that um, was, oof, God dang. <laughs> it, it, they sound like they are just mumbling the entire time. Yeah. Also, I will agree if I I'm curious 
the puzzles looked intriguing. Just from what I saw. Yeah, like, yeah. They, and they looked they looked like they were tough. Um, it received a B plus from Ray Ivy at Just Adventure, who claimed it was quote the strangest, creepiest, most psychedelic adventure game I've yet to come across. Um, then, and this made me laugh. Uh, you might all have to help me. He said he couldn't fucking understand the story, though. Mm-hmm. As long as it made sense to the creators, then it was fine. <laughs> he did remark how yeah. it was what? a treasure trove for enthusiasts of the genre. Wow, yep. man, that's uh, a lot of video game creators took that and ran with it. Right? Well, it makes sense to me. So it's who very, cares? Yeah. very generous of him. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's uh, Stephen Levy and Patricia King of Newsweek appreciated this originality and attention to detail, although the majority, Newsweek. yeah, they used to do video, <laughs> video games, um, just like Entertainment Weekly. Although the majority of impressions mostly fell in the middle. Uh, Entertainment Week. Oh, there you go. Uh, hey. yeah, EW's uh, Bob Strauss gave it a C plus. Explaining that it tried to be too many things. And uh, this is a good quip. Quote, the result is a game so obscure, you'd be better off pursuing something more comprehensible, like the collected works of Zoro- Zoroaster? Oh, Zoro- Zoroaster? Zoroaster. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh like I probably butchered the yeah. joke that they yes. were making, but yeah. I knew it had to be something. That was a <laughs> yeah. the, like, pinkies up, deep cut joke. Yeah. I was going to say, he could have gone with like Aleister Crowley. No, he, he could have gone with <laughs> any number of... Yeah. He just name drops Zoroaster just like that. Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is, that is some pink, that's pinky up kind yeah. of... Yeah, it sounds like the type of guy would play this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark Reese and uh, Brooke Adams at uh, Deseret News called it both clever and deep and frustrating and difficult. Difficult. Um, but uh, all right, you, you get the picture. Yeah. As time went on, a few opinions would change. Uh, Andy Hughes, in a uh, retrospective on Topless Robot, would commend its dedication to literature and that it was. Uh, what a bad name. I Robot. Know, <laughs> and that it was, uh, it wasn't, it was mashed with befuddling references to um, uh, Egyptian mythology, uh, the man in the iron mask, and the Bermuda Triangle. Um, wow, this really whoa. was every <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> yeah. day. My God. Forgot about Bermuda Triangle. I should have said that when you now, hold uh, on. I'm time. sorry. The Man in the Iron Mask. What? Huh? Why was that? That was a... That was a like no, no, no. A, I know what that okay. is. Okay. Oh, yeah. Where could know. this possibly fit in? You're not that, that's what the reviewers say. I think, yeah. um, and not, or maybe he said it wasn't like them. I uh, so not that he was into the gameplay, um, with saying it was tedious and ponderous. Um, outside of this, CNET defined it as quote the National Enquirer meets Mist and nominated it for their annual Best Adventure hey, game. Yeah. Um, except that award ultimately went to the Neverhood. Um, probably correct. The correct the nev- there. Yeah. Never. Yeah. I hear. Cool. I hear Neverhood was great. But that's Drowned God, uh, colon, Conspiracy of the Ages, uh, an oddity that the industry would su- quickly forget. Uh, <laughs> and certainly was a colon conspiracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a developer Epic Multimedia Group then soon rebranded, and on February 27th, 1997, publisher Inkscape was acquired by Graphic Zone with an X for some reason. Hell yeah. Uh, a company that pretty much exclusively produced Willy- uh, Windows Jeopardy titles. Our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. We played the Genesis and SNES ones, right? N64. Uh, meanwhile, our little piece of venture software faded away. Uh, interestingly, a sequel was supposedly planned. Uh, during a GameStop interview with Harry Horse in August of 2000, the man stated that the ancient alien story was actually incomplete and that the rest of your mm. questions were set to be answered in a follow up named. Colt, <laughs> Matt. Wow. <laughs> Giant capital letters. Um, it'd pick up right where Drowned God left off in Area 51. However, that day would never come. Mm. Uh, a sequel would never see the light of day. And this, I'm afraid, isn't at all where our episode ends. Obviously, we wouldn't be discussing this if that was the case. Um, so once again, before we carry further, we're going to talk about some depressing and, uh, and then heinous shit. 
Hmm. So uh, you've been warned. And hell, I'm reminding myself of this because there's an element uh, of, you know, that uh, personally triggers me. <laughs> I almost chose a different topic because of it. Oh, God. Um, I have a feeling I know what that is, oh. and I don't like it either. Going into the early aughts, Harry Horse's personal life was truly crumbling. Um, this had a strong contrast to his successful professional one. Sadly, tragedy would hit him like a brick in 2004. Uh, first, it was revealed to him that uh, his wife Amanda was infertile, shattering their dreams of starting a family of their own. Oh, Treatment was attempted, but then failed. That's, um, that's horrible. Jesus. Yeah. During this, their worst fucking nightmare would then come to light when she officially got diagnosed with an aggressive, rare form of multiple uh, sclerosis. Scler- oh, jeez, I'm sorry. I'm mispronouncing this, but uh, scoliosis? Multiple sclerosis. Sclerosis. Yes. A horrible fatal disease oh, that yeah. causes your immune system to eat the protective covering of nerves in your body. Uh, in turn, Amanda's health rapidly deteriorated. She soon was confined to a wheelchair and was beginning to lose her ability to speak. Um... And, Sounds like MS. Yeah. Uh, having to deal with this realization, as well as the preparations for her inevitable passing, uh, would lead Harry in a uh, hopeless spiral for over the better part of a decade, uh, with their friends remarking on it to him. Uh, that said, there were periods where it appeared that he was learning to cope and be diligent to Amanda's needs, even encouraging other sufferers of MS to email her messages of support. Uh the pair then moved around until settling down in a small cottage on the Westborough Shetlands Islands in Scotland near Amanda's family, uh, who assisted in the purchase following uh, financial troubles caused by their uh, medical bills. Despite the harsh winters, uh, the residents did come with a beautiful view of the, uh, the Atlantic, sitting atop a uh, grassy cliffside hill. They'd adopt a tiny chihuahua and a cat that I saw several photos of but couldn't find the names. Um, At the start, uh, Harry was dedicated to taking care of Amanda and her condition, but eventually the load became too much for him to bear. Uh, What made it tougher was his rejection of uh, hospice aid, instead choosing to keep her home so he could continue to spend as much time with her alone as possible, even sharing their bed together knowing that she might be gone at any moment. Um, Controversially, he also had a nagging desire to return to Edinburgh to pursue his creative endeavors. Um, this drought of the arts from his leave of absence from work would make him more and more uninspired. By May of 06, it was determined by his peers that his demeanor was reaching a breaking point, confessing to his friends that his existence was, quote, a living hell, um, telling them to imagine w- what it was like to have to attend to your loving partner's bodily functions. Um, I mean... A harsh reality. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. like, but yes. And yeah, caregiver fatigue is a real thing. It's not yeah. often addressed. I'm going to ask genuinely now, wait, why were we not supposed to like, this guy seems like he's like, he was. We're getting he, there. You, you, yeah. Uh, and poor Harry, uh, the devastation further piled on with the sudden passing of Rue. Uh, it was the last fucking thing he had to be. You know, okay. that had to be taken from him in that emotional state. Yeah. Uh, you know um, what? I'll, I'll be patient because it's like, seems like so far he's just like, it's like he was trying his best to take care of his wife. Yeah. Um, the, the result of all this misery would soon result in uh, various incidents and reported bouts of fury. He berated a nearby gallery for their, quote, pretentious paintings. Uh, he punched a wall of his house during a feud with a social worker who was... De- uh, disputing the terminally ill woman's rights to disability benefits, which honestly isn't the most unreasonable response. Yeah. Like, yeah. Good yeah. social um, worker. Yeah. Uh, this is worse. Uh, he'd often tear uh, into his family with unfounded accusations, irrevocably damaging those relationships until contact was entirely broken. More on that in a bit. 
Um, but this is so upsetting. Like, like considering what he was going through, I don't know how I'd be able to process any of this with any level of decorum or calmness. Like, no, it, yeah. Um, yeah, I I empathize with him completely. Yeah, See, no, I, I, I would also yeah. be pissed. Um, although it uh, certainly wouldn't lead to to this. So um, Harry's downward trend continued, and he's, here is where I get to what I was alluding to um, above. Uh, on January 9th, 2007, two friends from New Zealand dropped in to check on the couple and see how they were doing. During their stay, Harry uh, reportedly was not acting himself. Um, he'd spout troubling phrases uh, such as, quote, it's a wonderful night for a killing. The erratic behavior frightened uh, uh, Amanda, who pleaded with her visitors not to leave. Um, against her wishes, they did. Uh, I'm not sure either, you know, I'm, neither of them could have possibly foreseen the consequence of this, but still, like, it's fucking scary. Listen to when a person says that. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, like, laugh awkwardly and, like, shrug. <laughs> and it's like she's in a wheelchair. Like, it's like a... Uh, the, the following morning on the 10th at around 9.40 a.m., uh, those two friends attempted to make a quick pit stop back at the house to retrieve a jacket that was accidentally left behind. Uh, <laughs> upon driving up, they notice the front door open and proceed to walk in. Rather than being greeted by Amanda or Harry, they instead would shockingly lay sight to the most gruesome and horrifying scene imaginable. Um, the first being that their cat and newly rescued dog were stabbed to death and fucking leave the animals out. Um, Not that far from there, Amanda, age 39, is found on her bed with over 30 knife wounds so deep and so violent that the blade was broken off inside of her body. Jesus. Um, Next to her was Harry, age 46, also dead. Uh, His wounds totaled to 47, both arms and torso sliced open, along with the utter mutilation of his genitals. Um, Uh the cause of death for all involved was labeled on their certificates as from, you guys might have to help me with this, um, exsanguination. Exsanguination. Or excessive blood blood loss. Bleeding to death. Yeah. Um, Blood that had been ceremoniously thrown on the floor and surrounding windows and walls. Um, Like a Jackson Pollock? uh, (laughs) Essentially. He was was an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were frozen. uh, Just, and... Immediately calling for help, they like the the doctor in attendance uh, with the dispatch police said that um, like that day that they uh, apparently they left the profession and uh, exclaiming it was the worst sight he'd ever seen. Wow. Okay. <laughs> now that we're past that horribleness, no, uh, we can get into the fucking bonkers aftermath. Um, the area. Oh, the got- aftermath is the bonkers part. <laughs> I would just like to. I would just like to say that this story did not go where I thought it was going to go. Like I thought. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a tale. Of just a, I don't know, like more like a cult leader type or, story, or, or like a time cube. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, only. and I was like, I thought it was going to be a story of, let's say like a like a charlatan or like a, a fraudster, and it's like, no, this is like nope. this is a story of tragedy, a guy losing his mind because his wife got a a you know a debilitating illness. Yeah. That's that's horrible, and I'm that's this is the. Like the darkest episode I think we've recorded, man. That's, yeah, and it's that's... gonna and so the area got closed off, um, and authorities could uh, start a um, a private investigation. Uh, a team of ten experts were assembled: uh, forensic scientists, detectives, uh, pathologists, and um, uh, all flown in from Inverness, Aberdeen, and uh, Grampian. Not that the pieces were hard to put together from what was gathered; it looked cut and dry, seemingly especially after questioning the two friends. 
So was it a murder-suicide by a family annihilator? Um, two separate knives were used. Um, a man inconsolable who lost control consumed a cocktail of drugs, this noted by a coroner, and shamefully and brutally took the innocent lives of his wife and pets. Um, evidence of drug paraphernalia was also said to be lying about. Uh, um, but um, a crime of this nature hadn't happened in the Shetland Islands in 15 years. Oh, my God. He was in, wait, they were in the Shetland Islands? Yeah. Do you know how remote that yeah. is? Yeah. Wow. And uh, it was tough for any resident living there to even envision that type of inhumanity. Therefore, uh, the hearsay began to spread. Um, what greatly uh, escalated this were the country's policies on open and even closed cases. Uh, official accounts, um, evidence details, they're both often withheld from the media or the general public, and not all the rumors were created equal. People did know the pair were dead, though no one, including the district counselor, thought Harry was capable of such malice. So... When local news outlets were preparing a story, the only logical explanation journalists could come up with was that it must have been a Romeo and Juliet-esque suicide pact. Everyone was aware of Amanda's declining health. Everyone also knew of Harry's struggles as a result. He was plenty vocal about his feeling of helplessness in the situation. Um, A potential ticket out for the two of them would be to overdose on the numerous painkillers Amanda was prescribed and quietly fall asleep in each other's but, arms. Clean but, and romantic. But he, he, had, he, got it, he cut off his dick and balls. Yep. I, I don't remember that. Wait, in, I, don't, in, I don't remember that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the news story. Yeah, like, I think I think the news story conveniently left that, that part. part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, there were fucking quotes on how deep... Uh, deeply moving the scene was and how it was their final expression of it's, love. It's moving mm-hmm. something. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, listen, there's a difference between trying to uh, to give the story some dignity and then actually romanticizing it. Literally. Uh-huh. It, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, you're right. That's literally. literal romanticization. Yeah. So thanks, the Scotsman. Uh, at least I think that was the name of the first newspaper, the article, and then appeared. No true Scotsman. Yeah. They're romanticizing suicide, which is... And, and murder. Better than what happened? (laughs) They're romanticizing certainly murder and probably suicide. You're the one that sat through 13 But that's what I'm saying. Like the the romantic, I have. (laughs) Selena Gomez told me not to kill myself for for an entire season of that show. Um, No, like I'm saying like their their made up story is that it's like a Romeo and Juliet styles suicide pact. That's what they're romanticizing. Which is already bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but they, but like they don't realize that what they're actually romanticizing is far, far, far worse. <laughs> By the way, the writer, um, Peter Gelman, who did falsely report on that retelling, um, he later rescinded the uh, the article, regrettably clarifying that, quote, my wife Lenny and I began by investigating what we believed was a poignant love story. We soon realized there was more to it. Wait, he, You're putting wow. that mildly, Peter. Yeah. Like, Wait, his wife? <laughs> what's up? Say his wife? Peter, the the the, the person who wrote that. And the, his wife. Yeah. Why do you, why do you throw his wife under the bus? <laughs> Split the blame. Yeah, was she on the day? That's a good. I didn't think of that. It was her <laughs> idea. <laughs> Seriously. 
Well, I'm just the writer. She researched it. <laughs> yeah. His wife is really into true crime. <laughs> nagged me, nagged me. Well, you said this was this was complicated by their their policies for opening closed cases. Yeah, and we're going to get more into that too. Well, so, are these people reporting before they know the details of the yes. murder? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is just oh, the, there was a possible murder suicide. Mm-hmm. That's all we know. Well, they, yeah, like, they were basically like you know it, yes, and then they okay. were like, well, how what would it look like if it was the two of them? It probably looked like this. I don't right. think they know about the house being decorated like it was yeah. a splatter film. Um, so the the police stayed tight-lipped. Um, same with the friends who uh, most assuredly, like the, those witnesses, that weren't even allowed to speak on it. Um, and this certainly was uh, an easier pill to swallow than the alternative of a, like, you know, a grisly murder. Um, there was no will, so no motive could be linked there. Whatever the truth is... Plans were actually organized and followed through on by the authorities to bury the couple together uh, side by side. They stated it's what their families would have wanted, which to me comes across as, you know, hiding shit. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's trying to, again, sanitize a story, Mm -hmm. which I can understand, and then, or, you know, actively covering it up. It could also be, it could be when people are exposed to something as shocking as this, it sounds like the community could not believe what he had done, Refused it might have been, yes, yeah. it could have been that it's like they genuinely, they were not printing cover-ups, they genuinely thought that it's I like, know, this yeah, is the only possible. They're not covering anything up, because in order to cover something up, you have to know what happened. Yeah. They're just, yeah. they're just speculating. It's yeah. all yeah. speculation. The fact that yeah. cops were willing to go Deadly as far, like, to allow them to, like, have them buried together, you said? Yes. Like, that to me. That's Ooh. a little bit more. That's the sketchy yeah. part. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, the townsfolk, like... Yeah. Trying to make sense of this horrific thing, and in their, I say small town, small island, whatever. Small island, yeah. Like, yeah, this like I don't know, like this small, presumably like tight knit community experiencing something like this. Like, I can't blame them. Yeah, I can't. No, yeah. you're absolutely. You right. can see how it all unfolded. So the the gravestones were crafted. Um, a gigantic funeral was in arrangement with a large attendance by the media and local music scene expected, but this was abruptly canceled as the next week on the fifteenth, an anonymous law. Enf- enforcement officer would supposedly expose the alleged fabrication to relatives of Amanda, this severely contradicting what was originally told to them by the assigned undertaker. However, um, by this point, the investigation was already concluded with full reports confidential and sealed. Um, The department's official ruling still remains controversial in their small town to this day, although it wasn't until British newspaper, the Sunday Times, published their findings a year and a half later in um, July of 2008 that was when the world would hear about what really went down that night, allegedly. Um, <laughs> yeah, allegedly, uh, allegedly, 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 yeah. allegedly. Uh, you have no idea. It's like I have so many like jokes that pop into my head. I'm like, I can't say them because this is just <laughs> such a fucked up story. Mm-hmm. It's just like, god dang. Um, I still manage to joke about dick and balls, so please. Yeah. So I'm happy. <laughs> okay. I was, I was gonna make a crack. You can get, away, you can get away with anything as long yeah. as it's funny. I was gonna say I was gonna gonna make a crack at about at a closed casket funeral. That sort of thing. It's just like I just. I, <laughs> at one point, Randy said, "Cut and dry." <laughs> a couple jokes popped into my head. I did not say them. Whoopsies. Um, and so this realization was being fronted by George Williamson, Amer- uh, Amanda's father. Um, quote, this was no suicide pact, he said. This was murder. Uh, she had arranged to go with her mother, Grace, to the dentist the morning they were found. Um, but not everybody took that stance, with some even claiming that this was just a crazy headline written to destroy Horse's reputation as an artist. For example, actor Tam Dean Byrne. Nice. What a name. 
Um, he made that up. Tam Dean Byrne. We call him TDB. <laughs> Scotland born and raised, was mostly known for a variety of roles on UK television, such as uh, on Taggart, Life Force, and River City. <laughs> sure. You're all uh, shaking your heads. I don't care. I'm not oh. super up on my Scottish television <laughs> in the mid-2000s. Every, oh, yeah, everybody in Scotland knows this. Coincidentally, he was also a lead singer. This in a post-punk band called Scars. And uh, this is them. You didn't have to tell me they were post-punk. You told me they were stars. Okay. Okay. I was there, I'll be there, I was there, That's the best one yet, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I but like it also, that. It yeah, also yeah. It, you know, it, it's like my, that's my fits my taste more. That they, they, they sound like the Cure. Um, he needs more banjos. <laughs> he needs more banjos. Um, well, this dude, he ain't convinced that things would have ended so violently. He thought the Sunday Times piece was quote a cruel distortion of events. Um, plus, it should be said that Tam Dean Byrne did host an hour-long radio memorial tribute to Horse in the week of his death. So maybe he just didn't want to look ignorant or tactless. Except if he's wrong, then he now, you know, sounds like a bigger dick. I don't know. It's it's got to be difficult to accept if true. I get it. But this personally affected him as despite never meeting Harry in real life, he was enamored with the man. Um, strongly identifying with his work and politics, they shared literary heroes. He previously had a, adapted his books to read on the air. And he was developing a solo show based off his newspaper cartoons titled Year of the Horse. Uh, the play would be centered on life during the Bush and uh, Blair era and cover a, uh, the topic of technology being manufactured as a weapon of surveillance. Um, uh, it was even designed to help raise funds for multiple uh, MS charity in Amanda's honor. <laughs> I, I literally cannot say that word. I'm constitutionally capable of it. It's hard. It's hard. My yes. mouth doesn't... Sclerosis it, is a hard it, word. Yeah, it doesn't MS, yeah. Also, uh, so he was... He was Defending Harry, saying he wouldn't have done this. He's an mm-hmm. ultimate fanboy, apparently. I gonna, well, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it's, he sounds like a very unbiased source of <laughs> yeah. judgment. Yeah. Um, so, however, uh, this project was then briefly abandoned upon the reassessing that it'd be impossible to disconnect the concept from its associated um, unpleasantness uh, after it was widely reported. Can't get rid of that dark cloud. Except this decision was then reversed uh, uh, following a discussion with Harry's mother and sisters. Uh Bolstered by the position that nobody will ever know what truly occurred that fateful night, it, he yeah. was a disbeliever in the lone murder theory and maintains yeah. that it was a consensual act. But I mean, uh, not that the animals could. Tam also like also, his his wife was practically catatonic at yeah, that stage. I was gonna say like so I, I'm not trying to be crass, like but legitimately. I'm, maybe I'm just biased by American true crime. But like did they just not release? Like they could have just shown pictures of the walls. Nope. Like no crime scene photos. Do you know what that would have done to the that little town? Like that there. Like it would have put ambitions? all this to rest. No, you then, yeah. yes. Uh it's gonna get more frustrating. No Americans are too nosy. We would have demanded them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this That's is fair. Th- yeah. This is a quote from him via an interview. Uh they had attempted an overdose and it hadn't worked, so they were taking it to the next stage. Uh, this was a couple who were absolutely besotted with each other, and they had decided that they were going to go together. 
She was not long for this world. Her MS was crippling, and they decided that uh, he was going to go with her. It was an increasingly difficult situation, but they knew what they were doing, and I think they should be respected for that. It sounds like 47 stab wounds. What was it? I was going to say, do they know about the stabbing part? It it sounds like nobody... That was was in the Sunday Times. That is the worst possible way to kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Or someone stabbing. else. Yeah. That's, that's rage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Did, yeah. Did no one know about the pets? It sounds to me like a lot of parts of the story. It sounds to me like they heard the part about the fact that they were, they both died in bed it sound, yeah. and with the drugs. It sounds like a, someone left out the part about the multiple this stabbings. This isn't the last and, we'll hear about the drugs. And, the, ja- well. and the Jackson Pollock blood paintings. <laughs> and, you so, know, it, it, there's clearly a, there's clearly either, selective fact like selective fact selection in this or someone said it was like this and they probably just think that it's made up and no there's no way they would do it that's just sensational like yeah. what are you talking well, is- what you could also said like read that if you read that in a paper okay about the number of stab wounds and the you know the the blood paintings and all that stuff and the the, and, the, gonna, and the the removal of and the, the yeah, fucking you, what's the first thing you're gonna think you'd be like that's bullshit that didn't happen it's just like what makes more sense you don't they slice your cock other. off unless you're yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah. i mean it, and when you when you do face the facts it does seem sensational until you realize that they are facts and then you're like oh okay well, but it's also it's also like I don't know. I, I guess like, I expect, like, I don't want to say Pearl College clutching. I, I expect, I'd expect, like, a reaction from a small town like in this, more like, I don't know, the think, 70s? Th- think of the children, Ken. Um, this is the so, aughts. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not wrong. This, yeah, this is 2007. Well, like, or also, down 2008. It seems to me like a very, a very mid-2000s attitude about, like, you know, they interview the people of the town and the friends and the family and they're all like yeah she was doing really bad and he wasn't handling it well and everybody's just like oh my gosh how could it lead to that and it's like pretty obvious yeah 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 it's 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 crazy that this was like what 15 years ago 2007 was a different time i guess 15 years ago and the the understanding of like mental health and all that shit was just so much worse and it's still bad today but so much worse. <laughs> so, so this dude is, uh, you know, he's he's planning his one man show. The uh, year that's the year of the horse. Um, uh, meanwhile, uh, the Williamson family wasn't particularly thrilled and had expressed their uneasiness. Um, Byrne does admit to have not spoken with them during its production. "Quote: I had to deal with the question of whether I was bringing it uh, all up again when it should be laid to rest. I'm not doing it with the intention of hurting anybody, <laughs> and I'm focusing primarily on the work." I don't know what Mandy's father. I don't know Mandy's father at all. I just hope that they <laughs> wouldn't feel upset <laughs> by us doing this. But the work has a right to live on and has so much to say. I had reassurance from Kay. Way to go, Kay. Wait. That me pursuing the work Wait. would not make things worse, and she supports me. But I don't want no, to I set don't. myself up as a <laughs> spokesman for anybody. End quote. I apologize. Uh, I I barely. Know. Kay is uh, is one of Harry's sisters. Oh. Ah. Uh. Oh. So you thought it was cool. Oh, wait. But yes, wait. but it, I think we're in a great, this was scummy, but it, he yeah. just, he, and cause he went through with it regardless. I don't know um, the family who fucking cares. Dude? <laughs> just don't that do doesn't it. matter. Yeah. This, uh, it premiered at the Tron, uh, theater in Glasgow <laughs> Hell yeah. in February of 2009. And I couldn't track down anything on its uh, reception. Uh, although he I was, it wasn't good. Although he was stabbed at a, uh, like, um, he was like assaulted at a poetry reading ten years later. So, 
Uh, maybe times. I was hoping you were like yeah. after party. And I'm like, kidding. This this wasn't related. He lived. It was fine. Um, <laughs> that's a hell of a place to get. That's a hell of a place to get stabbed. You know, yeah, honestly, probably one yeah. of the best places with that much kale going around. Nobody's got the strength to actually hurt anyone. Kale. Oh, this was the mid 2000s. Nobody ate kale. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there was just you just ate cigarettes and bourbon. <laughs> I think I don't know. And that scene, all <laughs> That's the beatniks. True. But this is when shit gets even stranger. Because uh, he wasn't alone in that opinion. Much of what was getting told is contested in blogs run by Harry's family. Not to mention that there were separate theories forming. Um, with weight, where others believed it was a home invasion-style slaying and that the intruders were never caught. These ideas stemmed from um, the uh, inconsistencies in witnesses' testimonies and the door being left open when their visitors found the bodies. It's a mess. Uh, I mean, Harry would have been into it. The, I mean, the conspiracies, I mean. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, um, That's what he would have wanted. Can you what, imagine hating someone enough to go to a remote island in Scotland to murder them? <laughs> what is important to note here... He's the place to do it, I guess. <laughs> is that pri- I'm not going to get caught. Yeah. Prior to the nation's 2016 uh, Fatal Accident Inquiry Act, sensitive materials are permitted to be withheld if the assigned uh, procurator, uh, Northern uh, Constabulary... Constabulary. Constabulary. Basically decide. I've read it. I know what it means. Um, basically decides that it is at... The, in the public's best interest for the facts to not ever be disclosed. What? Wild. And this applied back in 2007 heard, where I've the- i kitty gloves, but holy uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Where the, uh, the only exceptions to the rule were if it happened in the workplace or while in custody. Neither was applicable, so there you have it. That law got signed too late as it doesn't backdate previous crimes either. So, <sighs> so uh, wait. So essentially they're allowed to not disclose anything so long as it happens at home? Yeah. Just because. Not, not in a place of business. You know, they, they, you said the law was eventually signed, but it was too late to, to backdate. Yes. So basically. But no, but previously to that, it, like the, the only exceptions they would ever make in that law was if it happened in a public Right, setting. because then, it's, then it has to be public knowledge. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's dumb. <laughs> it's I, pretty dumb. It's yeah. just, it seems like there's, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't, I'm not familiar with law and things like that, but like just <laughs> Writing a law that's like, eh, cover up whatever. Seems like maybe Seems it's right for corrupt. abuse yeah. to me. You know, that's, yeah. I can see this, I can understand the sentiment, but I agree that seems like that is a, Yes, that is. It that makes is it, the beginning, very beginning of a very slippery slope. Yeah. yeah it, it seems like a layover from a different time. They did amend it. It just took until fucking, you know, eight years ago or whatever. It, it, seems, like in, it seems like the perfect excuse just to cover whatever up. Yeah. I mean, in this case, it, you know, it was like a thing to pre- you know, probably used for its intention of like protect, protecting the dignity of private individuals, but it's just like, yeah. But also because you did that, the public thought something completely different of what actually happened. No dignity yeah. here. And uh, yeah. what also didn't help was the uncooperativeness of the two families and the ongoing tensions between them. Um, hey, it is like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the Montagues and the Capulets. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? <laughs> <laughs> but both Amanda's elderly parents uh, turned their heads to the press after the second story was published. They also rebuted the idea of exhuming uh, the bodies. Um, Harry's mother, Joe, however, was quite talkative in a conversation with the Sunday Times where her son's work was featured in. Um, it became clear in this that she was not the biggest fan of Amanda. Honestly saying some pretty snobbishly offensive things about her to the interviewer. 
Uh, real bitchy and catty shit, like how she did the laundry or the way that the flowers were displayed at their wedding um, and the amount of invitations to their house. It was so fucking petty. This even is after they're if, dead. Even after, even if they weren't dead, she was almost dead of I, MS. <laughs> yeah. And she was bitching about the way she did her laundry? I'm not making this How'd up. How'd she even do laundry? She then, she then went on to exclaim that she was inept at making friends and that she was overly critical of Harry or that, or that she sulked too much. Yeah, never gets out of her chair anymore. I had to listen to this bitch. <laughs> and also potentially like inaccurate as the rest of the family loved her. Um, but yeah, she then wow. ended the session with stating that she knew what really happened upon vi- being visited by a police liaison. Why is it she sucks? Oh, boo-hoo, I have MS, jeez. <laughs> All it is is MS, MS this and MS, MS that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was before, if she's just talking about her prior to all that, it's still like, what are you doing? Yeah, why? It's like, Jesus, God, you, so you talk about just tearing just someone down. Let a motherfucker sulk. Yeah, she's <laughs> <laughs> rough out here. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe she was sulking because she was with Harry and he was... Jumping off the walls. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Amanda's folks responded with saying that uh, Harry had, quote, no true family of his own, which um, obviously wasn't true. His three sisters all respected his privacy and uh, proclivity for invention, but they still felt compelled to set the record straight by speaking up. Um, their parents were often the target of, uh, of their brother's rants, although he was plenty loved. While, yes, it was accurate that uh, Harry's later years were mostly spent in isolation of his family with the middle sister, Mary Ann confirming that the distance was intentionally created by him to shield them from himself. Um, there were many attempts to reconnect, uh, Kay, the oldest who I mentioned earlier. Um, she, she lived in the U S and was even planning a trip back to Europe with Marianne and Emma, the youngest sister for their mom's birthday as a surprise to repair the rift. Of course, any chance of reconciliation was broken once the news hit of their, of their deaths. Um, Instead, uh, they gathered for a miserable and awkward burial. Um, It was here uh, that they wrote his eulogy and came to the collective thought that Harry had likely been pondering this murder-suicide for a long time. This after first assuming pills. Either that or maybe he went ballistic and flew into a frenzy once the plan to peacefully fall asleep via painkillers didn't pan out. Um, Uh, Interesting. um, uh, So Kay recounted that she had not seen her brother since a 2004 visit to her state in upstate New York. Um, unfortunately, this was her worst memory of him, um, uh, feeling remorse that they like that their once happy childhood had now morphed into an awful situation where all she could do was listen to how powerless and depressed he felt. Um, there reportedly was then a fight, uh, prompting him to leave. He did call her two months later to apologize, but their relationship was hurt and communications strictly turned into casual emailing for a year and then nothing. Uh, her final words to him were an unanswered message in October of 06 that read, quote, I'm here for you. Just talk to me. The silence is deafening. Mm. Fuck. Ugh. It's like the opening of Midsummer. Like, yeah. God dang um, it. The, yeah. uh, the only prior response uh, she received was about him questioning her faith in God and that there was something um, awaiting him beyond this life. Not very comforting. Um, no. She defined that as his own internal spirituality, like playing a role yeah, in those I mean, rhetorics, but... I, generously. Um, I mean, yeah, technically. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Mary, I mean, Mary Ann's last in-person interaction with Harry was in uh, 2005 uh, when she uh, innocuously inquired on if he had a good day, to which he yelled back, quote, no fucking day is a good day. Rude, but mm. absolutely fair when you're faced with what he was, you know? Um, she knew that there was... 
nothing uh, that, that she could that she could say that wouldn't result in an answer like that. So she drifted apart as well. Um, Emma stayed in touch with him until the August before he died. But the point is that they they all thought highly of him, um, and their hearts and doors were open. Emma even lived in the same neighborhood as him uh, and Amanda for half a decade. According to her, though, he fucking hated the Shetland Islands and said that he needed to be in the city to feel close to his, you know, ambitions, like his art. Right. Um, so, and I'm sad for them, like the once gentle soul and their brother that they described just got mangled into a, you know, an irrational wreck. Um, but this is where things get, you know, even more strange. <laughs> but this is, I've, <laughs> but the, no, this is, this particularly was, is interesting. Yeah, that was um, a, that was a punch to the gut, uh, man. Yeah, I'm trying that to, was, probably said of this tailspin, but it's. Uh, in early 2021, YouTube horror content creator Nexpo is doing research on his yeah. upcoming video on the subject of Drowned God, which I will state right now was the inspiration for this episode. I highly recommend it. Nice. Um, but he actually reached out to Harry Horse's nephew on their take of all the misinterpretations regarding his deceased aunt and uncle. According to them, they had been, quote, um, excluded, misled, and drip-fed vital information during the investigation. Um, they only knew what the media did, Amanda's loved ones were granted permission to read the details uh, while his family was not. Um, that and any attempts to request further info were denied as it was deemed to be too invasive of the Williamson's privacy. Oh, see, again, again, going back to that thing of just like, we need to protect the dignity of it. And it's just like, you're not protecting the dignity. It's of, making it worse. There's yes, no closure for him. Yes, that's yeah. it. It's like, like, yeah. You're yeah, protecting it's like, your closed case. Yes. Yeah. That's it. It's like by trying by the excuse protecting the dignity. Well, you're protecting the dignity of a highly undignified death and all these yeah. people need to know and it's like you're not you're not protecting anybody now because now everybody has questions it's yeah. not like one of those things where it's just like listen you know you don't need to know the details of how someone died maybe it's embarrassing it's like no this is traumatic yeah. they need to know the details I think I've said this yeah. on the last but one of these I was like if I ever die everyone should be have the right to know it doesn't matter if I slip and fall down the stairs I get hit by a bus whatever it is <laughs> Everyone has a right to know that. Yeah. Right, right that, <laughs> that's get that in the well. Yeah, exactly. Um, the nephew went on to say that uh, they didn't know where they fell on the matter. Um, police conspiracy, police incompetence. They weren't sure, but they did specify that the, uh, the uh, intruder, like the double homicide theory, was greatly supported um, by high court judge and forensic psychologist. Uh, just not the senior cops themselves, who of course denounced the notion of a cover-up or that the dreadful nature huh. of the crime was kept Weird. a secret. It was Why like they... it was like Shakespeare, huh. damn it. Um, mm. There would be no active search for other perpetrators. Harry's autopsy, perhaps the only document that uh, those close to him were able to uh, obtain, didn't show the, quote, cocktail of drugs and alcohol in a system whatsoever. No amphetamines, no benzos, no opiates, no coke, no weed, no booze, no nothing. So there was a no, toxicology uh, report, but it was just blank. No uppers, no downers, no zingers, no sideways, no, <laughs> no bangers. I'm sorry. <laughs> just his regular dose of the antidepressant, um, amitriptyl. Antidepressants. Antidepressants. There you go. Yeah. Uh, he was a regular cannabis user and occasionally ecstasy when he was younger. Not that this had anything to do with that. Yeah. Um, the noting of drug paraphernalia lying nearby may have very well also been a lie. Um, uh, could have been staged, perhaps. Mm -hmm. yeah. this, when I this, think cover-ups. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> all these drug paraphernalia, it's like they'll never suspect yeah, like a, knife a huge bong with a giant weed painted <laughs> My on like, flower, like leaf they, painted on it. They <laughs> were <laughs> injecting marijuana. <laughs> this soon led to the horse family to question the description of the self-mutilation written in the port. Um, were they murdered? Uh, he pondered in the interview. Uh, this, 
Time will tell. Um, or also, maybe not, I can say, yeah. also uh, technically it's the Horn family, right? Because only he was Harry Horse, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, Horn yeah. family. This is the yeah. Horn. This is the Horn family. That, when you said the Horse family, it, I'm sorry. Oh my God, I I just, I'm just like listening. I just, I'm sorry. I just need to laugh. Just make it, it a little better if you just imagine them all as sort like differently sized <laughs> different horses. horses though. Yeah, of course, the daddy horse has to be, be bigger than the mommy. Of course, horse. a little of course, bit. Yeah, and then, no, the mommy has horse. She has to have like yeah, a little bow or eyelashes so you know she's the mommy horse. Yeah, that's it. So where does that leave us? Uh, I suppose the only answer is to personally formulate your own assessment based on what we've learned. Um, to be honest, I can't definitively decide where I stand. Harry Horse was always a bit of an oddball, uh, to put it mildly. Um, he was told to be unpredictable, contentious, and obsessive. Does that turn you into a monster? It's definitely possible, but not exclusively. It's just when you toss in the media sensationalized reporting, the family's strong counterclaims, the cops who won't fucking talk, the lack of available evidence in any direction, how do you formulate that final thought? When you try, more shit just pops up. Why did Amanda's dad wait until the murder-suicide story was published to take that side? Why did the coroner write that Harry was fucked on goofballs when he really wasn't? Um, if he didn't yeah. kill everyone in the home, then who did and why? The island they fucking lived on was home to only like 900 people. Yeah, it's a small... If an external party committed this, where the fuck would they go? <laughs> did Harry have undiagnosed mental health issues that could have come into play? Uh, well, all right, that one probably. Um, uh, I'm not a doctor, but there certainly was trauma that he was succumbing to. Um, I think that's, that's the tragedy is that... I, so the funny is like I, I didn't realize what this is leading up to, but I kept asking him like, "Wait, why is this guy like like what is with this?" Yeah. Guy? I know because like, it's the the first half is just so like. Well, it just sounded like you said he sounded like it sounded like he was a, a highly competent but odd person. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, I, I think yeah. it was cool. It's just uh, the eccentric, eccentric people like that. Uh, when you introduce that much like bad shit into their brain, they have a proclivity to break. Yeah, because I I almost guarantee that if uh, if you know, if Amanda wasn't struck with the yeah. like yeah, that horrible comes, disease, it like, comes back to like what I said, just earlier. be a weird dude, he'd, and he'd probably still be making yeah. like he'd that's, still be creating today, and like that's the tragedy. Is it's like it sounds like he had like a pretty nice life, and then it's like one tragedy happens, he spiraled, and then another, and then yeah, and it just made his life worse until it ended in one of the worst yeah. tragedies of all. It's like that's the that's the horror in the, of in this. the span of like just a, like a couple weeks to. To know that's like, well, you can, you'll never be a father, and now the love of your life is going to die, and then, yeah. and, and now, then your beloved dog passes. Like it's well, yeah. on top of that too, this like like Kate's Ted caretaker fatigue. It's like you're dealing with all this tragedy on top of oh yeah, having, I don't know if having, I could. Yeah. Well, not only having to take care of someone, but this person is the love of your life and is slowly, slowly, you know, crumbling away. It's like it's a horrible thing to think about, and mm -hmm. it's just like that. That's it. It sounds like. So it doesn't sound like he was a monster. It sounded like he he became one, and yeah. just he snapped. And yeah, yeah. Not that I defend what happened. No, no, I don't you think know, you were. That's it's, a, that's horrible. It's ne next post summarized the entire ordeal as deeply, you know, like just frustrating and conflicting. And and I'm with him. We may never get the you know the answers like that conclusion we mm. want from this horrific tragedy. That this will never be you know wrapped up in a bow. One thing we can uh, agree on though is that Scotland's weird esoteric laws ruined it. <laughs> yes. It certainly yeah. didn't help anything. Yeah, so I don't know where the rest of you guys fall, but... Well, no, I, I fall on the... Yeah, the, it was uh, it was caretaker fatigue, and also, like, that, that weird, like, British... I don't know, stiff upper lip, almost like didn't mm. want to reach out for help, refused to bring yes. his, like, yeah. obviously suffering wife oh, into hospice, hospice care when he couldn't... He couldn't handle it. 
Yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't know. It it is a tragedy. It was just it's just the fact that you know he made this insane video game. He had some very conspiratorial beliefs, mm-hmm. and the fact that you know after this horrible thing happened to him and his family, um, that everything all of the systems in place that are supposed to like i don't know like solve this thing and you know report on it politely help you know everyone around him and in his life grieve they all failed miserably yeah i think that's like the one thing when you said it's like he didn't that's want- why i said there's the this went places it's like yeah i think the the you mentioned a detail uh it's like he didn't layers he, he refused hospice because he he wanted to spend more time with his wife at home it's like that i feel like that shows like a, a very deep sense of duty and and you know love but also or maybe, selfishness it's hard yeah, yeah. Well, self-destruction also, yeah, on some level yeah. it was, but also it, it's like yeah i think it's like maybe you should have realized that this is kind of out of your hands man yeah. you have uh, to at a certain point and it's, it's like it's not easy but you have to i didn't think about the culture though. okay that's a of, good point it, yeah it kind it's a situation that kind of requires systemic intervention and yeah. seems like I don't want to put the whole thing on the system, but it does seem like a bunch of systemic problems yeah. all happening yes. at once. That's, and yeah, on top of tragedy, from. it's like when the when the people who are on your side the most are your sisters who live across an ocean. Uh, just and, one does. The other two were close. Oh, okay. But, yeah. uh, but you won't talk to them, and like, mm-hmm. what are they supposed to do? And your mother yeah. clearly doesn't <laughs> give a shit yeah. because of what she said. Yep. And Yeah, it's like a whole... There's like you can you could pick apart all day all of the things that could have changed to prevent it, but mm-hmm. it it, se- it seems yeah. like a perfect storm of fucked up shit, kind of. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I hate to close this section with that. So uh, one positive thing to come out of the uh, the uh, Drown God was back in '99, uh, the project's producer uh, Algie Williams and co-designer Anthony McGall stayed buddies after the development process, and together founded Babel Media, a company that specializes in video game localization and other QA-focused oh. multilingual services. Um, also worldwide network performance and certification testing. So very, very cool. And they're still actively in business today. They got three offices in um, uh, Montreal, New Delhi, and Seattle. They've come with approval by Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. And yeah, I've th- definitely heard of them, actually. Yeah, and their actual clientele is huge, too. Uh, Ubisoft, Konami, EA, Square Enix, WB, 2K, Activision Blizzard, yeah. Bandai Namco, Gearbox, Double Fine, Telltale, Harmonix. So good, good for them. And, and as for the game, well... Um, it essentially kind of just faded into footnote, never to surface again, which was my script. <laughs> uh, this then, is uh, on me. Then in a uh, fucking bizarre, what? like, M. Night Shyamalan fucking, like... Wait, can I tell a story? Yeah, okay. Okay, oh, so sorry, we're prepping man. for this episode, and and we're, like, sitting in the studio. This is part of the reason I had to delay this. We're sitting in the studio, and we're just, like, planning, like, oh, when are we going to record and stuff like that? Mm. And Randy goes, well, I want to play it before we record. And I went... Well, how do you play it? Like, it's a Windows 95 game. Yeah. Like, is it available on anything? And he's like, no. We Very confidently like, say no. Yeah, no, we yeah. we're going to have to, like, find, a like, an abandonware copy of it or something like that. Or And I just, by chance, <laughs> Googled Drown God Download. And one week before yep. Randy, fin- like... This like, is on August 13th, 2023. Like, right as he's finishing the script, we find out... That it's actually on Steam. Oh, <laughs> but wow. not but there's more to that yeah. story. <laughs> so yes, it was silently posted to fucking Valve's marketplace. 
Uh, and how did Abandonware suddenly return, uh, like, for sale to the public like that? Didn't make any sense. Many feel, including myself, that this is illegitimate. Um, first of all, there was no announcement to any gaming press that this was even happening. Second, the listed developer, Grayenscape, and publisher, Sizzyminko, don't seem sure. to fucking exist. Neither group has mm. any other products shown on their Steam pages, and both didn't have any website or social media when I dug into them. Third, whoever uploaded it did not even bother to write the full title, omitting the conspiracy of the ages part. They were just hoping to make a quick buck, charging $15 per copy for something that had been passed around on the internet for free for years now. Which is and, a huge problem on Steam. Yeah, which that, I didn't realize. That Valve has an issue with where like, you can take an old game that you, if you have an executable, you can upload it to Steam. You just need a name as a publisher and a developer. You can upload it to Steam, and you can see in the reviews like people being like, "None of this is fixed. It's still buggy." Yeah. It's, so, and it lastly, run on like, modern systems. And th this is most damningly. What studio in their right mind would claim ownership of a video game that's permanently associated with like ghastly, like real world deaths? Like yeah. insensitively profiting off that probably wouldn't sit well with people. So, um. In each of these bullet points are covered in a Tumblr post by uh, One in a Thousand, the night it went up. That's the, the name. Um, they urge players not to buy it, stating they know the release was never authorized because they have an acquaintance who is directly in contact with the horse family. The horn family. <laughs> he goes on to say that they had no knowledge of the listing. The copyright is supposed to be split between them, the co-art director, uh, Alistair uh, Graham, and producer Algie Williams, who we discussed. Oh my God, Alistair. Such a, such a British name. <laughs> All three would never, uh, would need to be involved for this to happen, and none of them are that are active online shared anything about it. Also the whole, you know, murder connection issue. Uh, nah. There'd definitely be some reluctancy there. Um... So yeah, that's just somebody who's aiming to uh, take advantage of folks who don't understand emulation. Yeah, they, and they then end their post by asking readers to flag the page for legal violation. I was going to say, they're Which, also, I looked into it this as well. That yeah. that Tumblr user, it, I think, might actually be in contact with the nephew that you mentioned next week. Oh, interesting. Because uh, okay. I think there was a Reddit post from them it, as well. When that video came out, it probably got it. popular. Yeah. And then there was also, like, if you go on, if it's still there, hopefully it's not. Yeah. But if you go on. No, it is. It is? Oh, the yes. game. I was going to ask. this recording, yeah. it's still there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you go on the Steam, the page like, is still the, the discussion, you know, they have a discussion board for each game. Yeah. yeah. If there's just post after post. Like, this person right. is very serious about this. They made a post that was like, do not buy this game. It is illegal. And then, like, everybody who's like, hey, mm -hmm. does this run on this? The first comment is that Tumblr user being like, hey, this is not official. Yeah. Like, somebody is scamming somebody. Your money is not going to the original creators. Do not download this. And, there were, and, and the, they're, like, linking to... Uh, there were a couple posts take down because they were linking. There is an abandoned... Their internet archive has an abandonware version of Drown God. Yes. That you can download because nobody has, like, rights to it. And mm -hmm. nobody gives a shit to pursue legal action. Mm -hmm. So... They were no, just like, taking ownership of people it. were taking it down because you can't link to legal. Yeah. You can't link to legal copies on Steam, but they're like in the Reddit post. They're like, here it here it is on the Internet Archive. If you want to play it, get DOSBox, and play it. The the Do other part is that those the users that attempted to warn others by creating like a Steam discussion board like quickly found their their threads deleted. Weird. Yes, there was mm -hmm. all, there was heavy moderation by whoever the developer is. And what's truly crazy is that no major or minor outlet has been notified or has drawn any, like, attention 
to it so far. Oh. So like it was all you user. heard it here first before oh, the shit. Kotaku and yeah, and it was like jumps on it. It was all user shit. Yeah, it was like Reddit, Tumblr, the Steam forums, fucking Twitter. Like that's all the stuff I found about this when I was looking into it. There are. There are four reviews that state how no work was done, like you said, Austin, to port mm-hmm. it to modern computers. It's still in its original, like, has, uh, have they, has it not made enough money on Steam for Steam to give a shit? Like, it just... I think they just have too much on their plate and don't just don't care. Yeah, it's, and and, and Drown God's original yeah. publisher, it, like, they hadn't said shit because they're just hoping to keep the distance between it and themselves going. Yeah. Like, yeah, like... Is the publisher of Drown God still around? Yeah, they're under just another name now. Or whatever it is. I, I think I said it was the one that they changed their name. Like, I think it's like Epic, Epic, LEO Epic Learning and then they or being Epic. or something. Yes, exactly. Before, they yeah. wouldn't have been able to get away with that for much longer anyway. I don't know when the other Epic was found, but... Um, um, if, you, 90s. if you are like me uh, and nuts and, and like also suck at emulation, you can occasionally spot a physical copy on places like eBay, although it's extremely rare. Uh, according to price trading apps, a loose disc tends to go for a little over $60 while a fully boxed copy sells for around 150 to 175 except I'm going to bet that's on the low end. If you, uh, if you want to play it, uh, that there are a couple Reddit threads, including the Reddit thread I said about the illegal copy on Steam. There are very detailed uh, things on how to emulate it using DOSBox or like PCMU uh, to emulate Windows 95. Uh, Windows also does that. It's not hard. And there nobody's going to fault you for illegally downloading a game that no one cares about or has the rights to. Or Yeah. Or is even really available legally anymore. Yes, exactly. Um, I mean... Do I, not pay $15 for no. this game. Yeah, you've heard it. You heard it. You listen to us. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I think that's it for uh, today, tonight. Um, that's the twisted and unusual tale of Drowned God, Conspiracy of the Ages. You've got um, a colon conspiracy. Yes, yeah, colon conspiracy. It's a... Uh, it's a mysterious game wrapped in its own mystery itself. It, it's, it's a story of conspiracy shrouded in its own story of conspiracy. conspiracy yeah. And, and while it's, it's looming shadow may not be the biggest this medium has ever seen, there are many who will never forget the distressing events binded to it. Um, yeah. The headstones of Harry Horn and Amanda Williamson sit alone in the Scottish countryside. His name is engraved and, and like listed while hers is strangely absent. That's... Mm. Spooky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Elsewhere, Horse's wacko pseudo-scientific set of beliefs regarding the interactivity between ancient, intelligent, extraterrestrial beings and our prehistoric human ancestors... <laughs> that never can, came back up again. ...continue <laughs> to live on, uh, along with his social pages, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and official websites. Kind of haunting. Um, yeah, I guess I guess it was... He was, you know, just early enough. As, or Yeah. It was just early enough he could have actually had those pages. You can and, see Rue, though, and Rue's really cute. Um, but thanks to him, uh, Eric Von uh, Daniken, uh, Cetria Sitchin, Robert K.G. Temple, David Hatcher Childress, Peter Colismo, Mario Bigliano, and everyone's favorite history channel meme, Mr. What, who is- Giorgio Zuclo. Yes. Uh, what? <laughs> the highly re- rejected and constantly debunked theory by respected academics and archaeologists alike remains <laughs> strong in certain susceptible communities. Um, 
Not only that, but there are also, Dave, this is, you made me think of this earlier when you said it's a, um, there are also studies that show that proponents of such ideas can quote, adopt white supremacist ideologies to argue that indigenous cultures across the world were incapable of the feats of technology they achieved. Oh, you know, so, it always, oh, awesome. it always comes back to the, Happy uh, Halloween. yeah, look at Mormonism. Yeah. D- don't don't do well, that. Well, don't yeah, just, don't uh, actually. Don't do but it, it also applies. But, uh, yeah, it certainly does. You telling me the Mormons are racist? I'm just now hearing about this. Not anymore. Also, more breaking news. Yeah, they, <laughs> they patched the religion. Yeah, that is the best thing that they uh, they innovated is uh, you know religion patches. Yeah, and yeah. But updating. yeah, that, that's it's surprising how concrete that scene is like and continues to be. And and we were d- d- like talking about this a little before we started recording, but. Um, while driving up, we were having, a, uh, like, there was a discussion about reality television and, and that pivoted to, like, how the History Channel also became, like, you know, leaned into that and uh, and it found success. Um, I mean, same happened with the Learning Channel as well. Right. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it happened with every channel. Discovery, yeah. A&E, learn, learn Bravo, funny. and... Learning about aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Learning how to not pay writers. <laughs> but uh, but the the uh, but yes. Then then also we brought up the mermaid stuff and uh, what other crazy they would. There was like the, the angel. They, they were obsessed angel. with the apocalypse in the early 2010s and yeah. right before Y2K. There was the that, apocalypse program that checks that out. Over. Yeah. Oh God! You know what? They always have stuff about like. I would go ancient texts, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and it's just like it's not it's not a spell book. It's just it's just an old <laughs> book, guys. Yeah. About yeah, well, it's so I mean, spooky. Yeah, the Voynich manuscript. It's like it's, it's yeah. just not it's yeah. nonsense. Just look at mummies. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going further back, but like mummies yeah. were, were treated as a, a literal universal monster, and you know it was like actual burial. I mean, right? Universal um, does own the rights to the mummy, I believe. So the mummies uh. in general, actually. <laughs> <laughs> It reminds Whoa. me of um. It reminds me of that that meme that came out right around the uh, the cinnamon uh, challenge where you eat the spoonful of cinnamon. Someone captioned it "The Pharaoh's Curse" because they they breathe, looks like they're breathing out sand. <laughs> it's just this is the Pharaoh's curse. Uh, like, you can oh, trick uh, anybody online into doing anything. Uh, well, yeah, what a doozy. Um, you guys are the best. This one was a total trip. Uh, wow, yeah, and maybe the most yeah. last podcast you will ever get. Yeah. Uh, if you listeners are into the sick stuff like me, then definitely go check out our last episode on more dead people. If that ain't your thing, then uh, stick around for our regularly scheduled programming and anniversary update soon. Um, much appreciation to Nexpo for the uh, the inspiration as well as uh, research on this topic. Um, also, props to archive.org. Um, or Wayback Machine, Moby Games, CNET, GameSpot, Business Wire, Comic Mix, all the various reviewers and Topless newspapers I mentioned. One? Yeah, there's too many to name. Go, go back if you're curious. The Scottish Times. The Scottish Times. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Sc- the Scottish Inquirer, the, the Scottish the Scotsman, Scotsman, the Scottish Scotsman Weekly, or whatever. The Scottsman. Except, <laughs> except, fuck the Times for their stupid paywall. I got to get up with UK for the workaround yeah. on those. Yeah. Don't forget about so. no. Blow up our spot. <laughs> Don't forget that. We acquire all of our articles completely legally. Free information! Free information! <laughs> uh, real quick, too. Yes. Uh, t- speaking of last podcast in True Crime, there's uh, another podcast called Talking Till Dawn. Two Scottish guys talking about Scottish true crime. Wouldn't surprise well, me. Oh, wow. Wouldn't Wait, surprise- do you think they would have an episode on this? Probably. Like they would. Uh, I used to listen to them when I was grinding uh, uh, WoW materials at like four in the morning, and it's <laughs> oddly soothing, but it would not surprise me because uh, yeah, that it's 
they had to have done. If they have not done it yet, it wouldn't surprise me. If they've me. already but, covered this episode, we swear none of, the rest of us had no idea this existed ahead of time. We're not, <laughs> not trying to ape anything it was, here. It was, it was sort of fun just like throwing you onto the deep end where it's like, you, you, they don't know what no happens. Idea. Literally no, no idea. Well, because, okay, yeah. here, I just want to explain. Like halfway through, I was like, they, every other yeah, time no we talk about uh, infamous people, it's they're always greedy fraudsters and charlatans and that's like, and it's like some way. No, for, this was much more complicated and than I was that. Just, well, that's it. It's like, usually it's like there's a history of just like defraud, like, like the, the deepest of like, person like, that is like maybe the most like the Gizmondo like, like the Gizmondo oh yeah that guy's just a jag off yeah, I, well it's just like <laughs> every every step of the way you can tell he's just a just a god awful criminal and so yeah. you listen to this guy and it's just like he seems like an always sunny or entourage character it's like this yeah. is way different and then it's like we're going in it's just like dude he took care of his wife he was really and it's just like what why would, this guy sounds like he was really trying to, oh oh shit it's yeah. just like what the fuck so good luck thinking about anything else if you yeah. happen to um Dig into Drown God. So, okay. aw- Austin, how about, how about some plugs? Thank you for listening. Happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if all goes according to plan, it should come out on Halloween Day. Yeah. Um, we have, yeah, like Randy mentioned, wine, we have. Pour a glass of wine, sit in a beanbag chair, throw some headphones on. Yeah, Don't eat candy our, corn. It's gross. Candy corn's delicious. Mm-mm. Second best candy ever made after Conversation Hearts. Um. <laughs> Half American Smarties filled with, or no, sorry, yeah. British Smarties filled with American this Smarties. Yeah. Say, I was about to think of what's a Scottish like Mars bars, Haggis. deep fried Haggis. Mars. Oh no! Yeah, she, Come on, guys. I know. Iron Brew, Iron Brew is great. Yo, yo, uh, what do you call it? Bubblegum soda. Yeah, bubble. Yeah, brewed in Scotland with, with girders. Yeah. God, I just. I screwed up. All right, <laughs> let me plug. That's it. Uh, Iron, Iron Brew. Close out with one of his songs. Yeah, I will. We have, uh, <laughs> we have a lot more episodes of, like Randy mentioned, we have. Halloween episode that came out two weeks ago. We have other yeah. Halloween episode from this year. We have multiple Halloween episodes from years prior. I mean, yeah. if you're listening to this, it's either October 31st or November 1st, so you might not be in the spookiest of moods, but all things hey, stay. Um, <laughs> we also have a ton of other episodes at Hot Button Cast, uh, hotbuttoncast.com, and then we have. Twitter, Force. Instagram, and Facebook at Hot Button Cast. And we're also on all the podcast services, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever. Whatever else you listen to. And yeah, I think that's it. Hey, we did it! Yeah. <laughs> let's Happy br- let's, Halloween. Yeah, but let's, br- let's break down the battle station. <laughs>